biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. Well, there's no real evidence of that. Of course there is. It's all over the place. A new report from special counsel John Durham. Clinton campaign lawyers paid a tech company to infiltrate Trump servers to fabricate a connection between Trump and Russia. Hillary Clinton broke the law to frame Trump as a Russian traitor. This is truly unprecedented, truly something that has never happened in the history of our great country. This is a digital insurrection. Turns out the Trump-Russian collusion story was just a deflection from the Hillary-Russian collusion story. Trump was right. Trump was telling the truth. It was you, Hillary Clinton, who undermined our democracy. There are people that should go to jail. tonight welcome to another episode of another episode another rendition another hat we're this is a happening ladies and gentlemen welcome to another happening of the sea report we're coming to you live on this thursday it's thursday right thursday february 17th 2022 i am your host michael aaron gossetus otherwise known as mr c Tell you what, if you're family or a friend, you're going to call me Mr. C, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, great to be here with you all tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for another rendition of this here news broadcasting show. I hope you guys are having a great time tonight, a wonderful evening, a beautiful day, a happy moment. Whatever type of positive jig that is coming your way, I'm all for it, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm glad you are joining us Uh, Tonight, as we get into another round of news and views from the mind of this man, uh, the potato head before you that we call Mr. C. Ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we've got quite a show for you guys tonight, and uh, very thankful for you all to be here with us. Now, uh, let me see, most admittedly, ladies and gentlemen, you know, because... I I try to be as, as humble as possible. I gotta say, guys, I gotta say... I have been running around for the last week and a half thinking that the end of February was tomorrow. Okay, maybe not necessarily tomorrow, but I, you know, don't, don't ask me how this happens to someone like me. I mean, I am prone to blonde moments and I'm not trying to diminish blondes in any way because truth be told, I know several blondes who have a much higher IQ than I have. But I was like, they're only 21 days in February. <laughs> I was like, the, I was like, the primaries are going to be here on Tuesday. And incidentally, just the way that the universe works and just the way that uh, things work out, ladies and gentlemen, the 21st would have landed on a Monday. So if there were indeed 21 days in the day of February, we would have had a primary here in Texas next Tuesday. I'm just saying, I'm just being humble. I can admit my mistakes, okay? And I can most definitely laugh at them. Although, let me tell you what, 
Uh, there's a reason why that happened. You know what? The universe was like, Mr. C, psh, you need to start talking about the Texas primary, sir. You got a lot on that ballot, sir. You're running late, sir. People are waiting for you, sir. And so I was like, you're right, sir. It's next week. Well, thank goodness that is not the case, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because now we got we got plenty of wiggle room. And I don't feel like I'm quite behind on the entire situation. So uh, we'll, we'll have some really good coverage for you guys. So if you're a Texas voter, if you're Texas kin, if you are Texas folk and family, ladies and gentlemen, well, rest assured, we will have some time to talk about that, ladies and gentlemen. We will have some time to talk about that. So... With that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I'm over here trying to arrange interviews and trying to contact candidates and, uh, you know, those whom we'd like to uh, support in our own humble way for, uh, for candidacy in the upcoming primaries. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, I, and I, I even emailed them when I contacted them. I was like, I know this is very last minute. I know that the election days are next Tuesday. <laughs> Oh my goodness, such grace these individuals have given to me. So in case you hadn't heard, uh, we will have uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Alan West on the show with us tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. So that, you know, that makes me feel a whole lot better because that means that the audience, perhaps the interwebs, perhaps, I don't know, uh, anyone who might stumble across this show or who might search for the name of Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, anyone who has a question about who this man is, at least has seven days to digest, to search, all of that good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, that makes me feel good because at least, you know, we're doing them some justice. So uh, if you uh, have nothing to do tomorrow, if you do happen to be Texas kin, if you happen to, uh, if you happen to know anyone who is in the state of Texas that is interested in voting in the primaries on Tuesday of next Monday, wait, wait, how did you say it? The Tuesday, Monday next, ladies and gentlemen, disco ball chaser. Like uh, we, we can, uh, we'll point them this way, you know, uh, we're going to have, I think we're we're going to have a really good conversation tomorrow, and uh, I'm, I'm most sure that this conversation will be available and unthwarted to all of our audiences. Crossing my fingers, guys. Crossing my fingers, guys. But uh, it should be a pretty good broadcast. And uh, got, got a lot of questions for the colonel uh, and uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of points of views that I would like to uh, ask him about, you know. Now, I gave you guys your chance to get your questions in. You still have time if you would like to. Um, that's not that I'm for a lack of things to talk about. No, trust me. We got some things that we're going to talk about. There's definitely some, uh, some, uh, uh, issues and it, they're not issues per se, because, you know, I'm the kind of person that if I'm going to have an issue, I'm going to have the entire subscription. Do you know what I'm saying? So anyways, so yeah, no, just, you know, just points of view. Uh, there's some, uh, there's some very, uh, very, very fine points that I've heard, uh, uh, Colonel West mentioned in interviews and in live speeches that I would really like to kind of dig into, you know, like, what do we do about corrupt judges? What do we do about corrupt district attorneys? Well, uh, to be quite honest with you all, uh, he's the only uh, person running for office 
that I have ever known to give a solution that's based on the books. Ladies and gentlemen, he has a solution. What do you do when you have a corrupt Soros-funded judge or district attorney? Alan West has the answer to that. If you guys don't know the answer to that, it's either because it's not in your state constitution or law, or no one has ever taken the time to talk about it and educate their constituents about it. So I'm very excited. If you guys don't know what the solution is and your Texas kin, I would highly recommend that you tune in tomorrow because uh, not only do I feel that uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West um, knows the answer, because obviously I heard it from his mouth. You know, I feel like he would actually be the person to execute that action. So it's going to be a very good interview tomorrow, guys. I'm highly recommending that you guys tune in. Uh, we should be live. I, I do not like to telegraph my move, if you know what I mean, to the enemies. You know, the uh, what do they call them? To the technical blessings. I don't like to telegraph my move to the technical blessings, which I do not deem any type of coincidence. But uh, we should be live about 7.30 p.m. Central Time, ladies and gentlemen. And God willing, uh, it, will be, uh, it will be a successful interview. It's going to be a successful interview either way, but I mean for specific audiences, you know, that I hope that you guys get to see it. But you know, that's why we broadcast over at the foxhole.app. We broadcast at pill.net. We broadcast at twitch.tv slash Mr. Underscore CTV over at Rumble and over at Clout Hub. So that this way, we, we diversify as much as we can, even though, you know, we don't diversify as much as we could. But that way, in case, you know, say Twitch goes down tomorrow, you can find us over at Foxhole. You know, say Clout Hub goes down tomorrow, you can find us over at Rumble. All you got to do is go to thecreport.com and you can see all of our links where we broadcast live. Don't forget it, ladies and gentlemen, because if anything should happen on any of our uh, live streams tomorrow, I want to make sure that you guys get to catch it live and in living color. And if you don't, well, I mean, there is always the replay per se, but, uh, you know, it, it'll be so much funner live. So, uh, well, there you go, guys. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to drop that link in the chat room right now. There you go. Thecreport.com. Just in case, ladies and gentlemen, any of our uh, any of our broadcasts should happen to stutter tomorrow. Well, just visit that link and you can catch it live on any of the links that are available over at that website. And we'll actually talk about the website in just a little bit, too. Now, let me tell you also, uh, on Sunday, we're going to be doing an episode of Lone Star News, ladies and gentlemen. Lone Star News will be live on Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time. That's Texas time. As uh, we will be, we will be interviewing a man by the name of Kyle Sinclair. Now, Kyle Sinclair is running for uh, congressional district number twenty, and uh, that's that's an actually that's a very important district. Do you want to know why that is? It's not because it's in San Antonio. It's because the sole Democrat incumbent that Kyle Sinclair will unseat is none other than that panty boy, little Hufflepuff, 
progressive communist Democrat known as Joaquin Castro, ladies and gentlemen. And Joaquin Castro needs to go. Not only is this man an avowed socialist communist sympathizing progressive from the halls of the Truman Security National Security Project, and if you guys don't know what that is, I'd recommend you go back to our March episode of 2021. We're approaching a year, so we'll probably do a live dig on the Truman National Security Project soon, and we'll, uh, we'll see what these, uh, these uh, unkempt cats are up to. I say unkempt because uh, who else comes from the Truman National Security Project? Oh, you know, a couple of losers, like, I don't know, Lieutenant Vindman. Was he a lieutenant? Am I giving him too high of a rank? Right? Maybe? Ranking, ranking member Lieutenant Vindman, right? Yeah, yeah, what a, sm- what, a, what a schmuck that Vindman was. Anyways, all of these progressives that you're seeing nowadays, even members of the squad, they all come out of the Truman National Security Project, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a fun place to be. It's fun for them. And, and I, say, I say unkempt cats because... Oh man, it must have been Joaquin Castro's like like entry interview that he did to get into the Truman National Security Project and he's being interviewed by like one of the high ups and yeah, we have the videos guys. He's being interviewed by like one of the high ups and uh and the dude looks like he just came from an all night rager like huffed up on methamphetamines and poppers and I'm like, dude, really? You guys have absolutely no sense of decorum. But then again, this is, we're talking about the same congressional representative who actually doctored evidence in a presidential impeachment trial and lived to tell about it. I don't understand how someone can doctor evidence against a duly elected president and it be proven and the man does not get thrown in jail or ousted from the halls of Congress, Joaquin Castro, who just like uh, Colonel or Lieutenant Vindman also happens to be a twin, okay? Well, you know what? Mr. C is showing up for the twins, ladies and gentlemen. There are some twins out there that are not half that bad. Let me tell you what, because where Joaquin Castro and uh, Lieutenant Vindman might be twins of the Sour Bunch, Mr. C here is a twin that represents for the light children, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's right. In case you didn't know, I am a twin. If you've never seen my twin, then you've never seen my face, okay? <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let me get off of it. Uh, The point of that story was that uh, we'll be speaking with Kyle Sinclair on Sunday on a special edition of Lone Star News because it's on a Sunday and we'll be doing it at 3 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Many of you may not have heard about Kyle Sinclair. Many of you may not live in District 20. It It is probably one of the smaller districts in the state of Texas, you know, but that's not to say that it isn't important. We got to get rid of Joaquin Castro, okay? We we have got to get rid of Joaquin Castro, ladies and gentlemen. Like, this man doctored evidence against President Trump, ladies and gentlemen. The man needs to, if we can call him that, he needs to go, okay? Anyways, but about Kyle Sinclair, you know, it'll be a very interesting conversation. This this interview is confirmed. He'll, he will be on the show, and uh, he's actually worked in the medical industry as a CEO 
he's currently he's currently a CEO or a president of one of the major hospital networks here in San Antonio. And he's been in the medical industry since, for over 20 years. So not only will we be able to talk to Mr. Sinclair about his campaign and about his position and, and uh, what issues are most important to him, we'll actually be able to poke his brain about COVID-19, the mandates, the mRNA gene therapy inoculations, etc. You know, so get your questions in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm giving you guys a fair chance only because if you wait until the day of the interview to submit a question in chat you have like a 90 to 95% chance that we're going to miss the question. So I'm giving you guys a heads up. I have plenty of things I'd like to talk about. Don't get me wrong. I am not short for conversation, but you guys as my audience and also because we have a pretty fair-sized Texas-sized audience members, uh, I would like to honor and respect any questions that you guys might have. So anyways, you want to do that? If you're over at pill.net, if you're over at uh, the foxhole.app, then I would say uh, get a hold of my pill.net account and message me through there. If not, you can always go to thecreport.com and fill out that contact form. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's all I got to say about some upcoming shows that we have going on. And uh, other than that, we just got a little bit of house, a little bit of housekeeping before we start the show. Of course, guys, if you can't catch us on live stream, if you just don't like staring at screen, say your eyes, say you don't have good eyes, right? Say you don't have good eyes. So you're trying to save up all of your eyesight for in real life and you're much more of an auditory kind of person, well, you can catch The Sea Report on podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Sea Report comes out on uh, basically every major podcast player. We're even on the ones that track you and censor you, okay? So we're on Go Ogle, we're on I- iPhone, we're on Spotify, uh, and then we're, of course, on, a, like, I don't know, like 14 or 15, like, obscure podcast players also. Podbean, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, all those, the uh, Blueberry, Himalaya, all of these podcast players I've never heard of before, but we're there. So, you know, if you would like to uh, subscribe to us there for free, never forget whether it's a live stream, whether it's a replay, or whether it's a podcast, we will never ever put our content behind a paywall. Ladies and gentlemen, it will always be free for the general public because, first of all, we don't make news or break news here. We share news, so it's not my information to hide behind a paywall. Uh, And second of all, we are probably, this should be primary. The point is to get the information out there. The point is to disseminate it amongst the collective consciousness. The point is to make sure that you, the listener, has a chance to uh, be exposed to any of the, uh, you know, the, the news and the current events that we have to share here at the Sea Report. That's not to say, though, if you wouldn't like to support us with a monetary donation, we could absolutely use it, uh, you know, between, between running the streaming platforms and getting on certain other platforms so that we can live stream and grow our audience and, uh, and grow our reach, so to speak. We do incur a few expenses, so... 
you know, a one-time donation via Cash App or via PayPal, you know, a, a monthly subscription to our uh, podcast platform over at anchor.fm slash the sea report or over at Twitch, uh, you know, a few bits at Twitch, uh, a rumble rant, or I don't know what it's called at rumble uh, because rumble does not monetize my content. I don't know what I did to them. I've only been on there for two weeks and they don't monetize anything that I do. Uh, but, uh, the point is that you guys see it. Okay. The point is that you guys see it or some gold pills over at, uh, gold, uh, over at, uh, foxhole.app or pill.net and, uh, rail and on one, two, three SKG. I appreciate your donations. So early on, uh, lady and sir, uh, you know, we can, we will, we will always definitely, uh, appreciate that for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, perhaps someday I'll set up a go buy me a coffee. Look, I got, my, I even drink coffee, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, if I were being quite honest with you, I already have a buy me a coffee account. I've had it for quite some time, but I have not set it up to the show. Uh, it's actually set up for my publishing company. So, but, uh, I mean, not much happens over there anyways. So anyways, guys, that's not the point. The point of the matter is, uh, you know, it's all about also taking care of you and yours first. So if you, uh, if you cannot do any of those types of donations, I would say, Hey, share the information. Okay. Get the word out. I would I would even go so far as to say, even if you don't share my links, even if you don't say I listen or watch the C report, at least share the information. And after that, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you could share the links on your socials, tell your friends, etc., 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 that would help the uh, show grow by word of mouth. Last bit of uh, housekeeping, that is the website for thecreport.com, just what I was talking about before. TheSeaReport.com with all of the live links that you can check out our show, just in case you need to go somewhere to find us. And then, of course, that contact form. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. And that's all we got for you. All right. Thank you so much for joining us at this hour of the night. Now, we are coming on a little bit later than we normally... We, well, we were on about 8.30 tonight. Uh, had, a, had a very, very busy day today. Had a very, very satisfying dinner tonight. And uh, ready to get going, guys. Now, we are here at episode number 250. For the C report, ladies and gentlemen. So I guess you could say tonight is it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like one of those one of those episodes. You know, it's it's one of those uh, uh, milestones. Like what every every twenty five, fifty, seventy five, and hundred episodes, we're gonna be like, hey, we did it. Because <laughs> there's only three hundred and sixty five days in a year, right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Anyways, that's not the point. Uh, the point is, ladies and gentlemen, we have a, re- in my opinion, we have a really good show ahead of you guys tonight. We have a really good show ahead of you guys tonight. I am planning to have some fun with you guys tonight. So if you guys are ready to have your funny bone tickled, if you are ready to have that soft underbelly, you know, wiggled, just let me know because uh, I would say look out for that, guys. Hey, Bubbles, what's going on, Bubbles? Good to see you in the audience tonight and thank you for gifting that cookie. Oh, that's going to hit the spot with this coffee I got here, ladies and gentlemen. This is my second cup of coffee. Uh, you know, I, I typically, and, and not to get long-winded on my personal life, but I typically will have at least one 
meal, like one full meal per day. And then, you know, I might do some snacking and stuff like that. I, I know that's not good under some diets and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I actually had some breakfast this morning. I had me some, I had me some tacos this morning when I woke up and immediately after eating my breakfast, I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> so I had a cup of coffee. And, uh, and that cup of coffee, I nursed all the way till about dinner time because it kept me going. You know what I mean? As I was putting tonight's show together. Okay, guys. So let's get going with tonight's show. We have a fun show ahead of us. We have uh, some, well, in my opinion, we have some pretty good news. We're going to be uh, jumping into, of course, if you guys saw the introduction video tonight, then you know we're going to be talking about, of course, Durham and Clinton. And I know all of you guys have heard about this all day long, right? I mean, you know, people jump on this so quickly, right? Because they got nothing else to talk about. Um, well, <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys want to talk about Russia? Do y'all want to talk about Ukraine? <laughs> do you want to talk about the Donbass area? Because we're not going to talk about that tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm, oh, 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 no, don't get me wrong. We are going to talk about Russia and Ukraine. Okay, we are going to talk about Russia and Ukraine, but not tonight, honey. Not tonight. Because uh, we're not going to, we're not going to piddle diddle with like meaningless headlines. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to get at least six feet deep into the Donbass region. Okay, uh, we're not going to talk like we know what we're talking about. We're going to dig into that, ladies and gentlemen. So don't mark my words. Oh, we have a Russia-Ukraine uh, episode coming up very soon. In fact, it's coming up very soon. We're, we're going to have another one of those educational moments, ladies and gentlemen, where, you know, you know, we're like, like when we had to learn about the, the Crimean referendum, right? Okay. I got to tell you, you know, because I have had like three or four different YouTube accounts that have just been nuked, just nuked, 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 nuked. I'm talking like accounts that I don't even upload videos to, but they look at my playlist and they look at my saved list, like, you know, my watch later list and stuff like that. And I'm like, are they nuking me because what's on my watch later list? Or are they nuking me because what's on my playlist? Like for later, like what's up? Like, I don't even have videos uploaded and they're canceling these accounts. Okay. So uh, I have one surviving YT, what do they call it? Yango Tango or something like that. I have one surviving Yango Tango account, okay? And because it's my one surviving Yango Tango account, I can't even have it just for entertainment. I have to have news in my stream. Like, I can't just look at this Yango Tango uh, account to, like, watch, like, music videos or to watch, like, comedy or, you know, just stuff that has nothing to do with news. You know, meditations. Like, now because they've nuked, like, three of my Yango Tango accounts... I have to have everything on one account. So now in my now in my uh, in my Yango Tango account, that's just about kind of like you know deflating, exhaling, whatever. Like I have to have news in there now because they've nuked so many of my accounts. So, anyways, so this news stream comes across my account. It's an independent content creator. It's nobody that anyone knows, particularly in certain, uh, certain, uh, you know, platforms. It's no one I'd ever even heard of, and I'm not going to say the name. Okay. But this person was doing really good analysis on the military rollout 
that's happening in uh, Ukraine with NATO and the United States, etc. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, I was like, this guy's very informative. Like, this guy's got some really good sauce points. You know, he's got some good saucers here. Like, he's he's bringing me resources and he's bringing me uh, areas that I would never have explored before to get those sources, right? So I was like, this is pretty good. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden one day, like, uh, within the last two days, like, he's just frantic. He's like, oh, you know, it's happening, blah, 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 blah. And he was getting frantic over what the mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda media was saying about Ukraine and Russia going to war. He was like, Russia says they're going to attack on Wednesday. And, 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 and Anthony Blinken says this and that. And Ned Price says this and that. And Biden said this. And this is it, guys. Like, it's going to happen. Like, we're going to war this week by Wednesday. And I was like, dude. I was like, I trusted you. I was like, I thought you, I thought you knew what the hell you were talking about. I was like, wait, don't tell me you're just here to rile up all the patriots that still listen to that angle and they haven't begun to think for themselves and understand that if the mainstream media says it's going to be this way, they're probably wrong or lying, okay? And I gotta say, guys, I don't know a whole lot about geopolitics and the way that this world works, but I do know that when the mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda media has a certain talking point and all of their global Western-backed news agencies around this planet mimic that talking point, it's probably a fake ass story. And so I will do everything I can to find you guys the counterpoint to what the mainstream muse is saying. Because it makes sense if they're going to lie about the shit in this country, okay? If they're going to lie about the elections, if they're going to lie about COVID-19, if they're going to lie about gender and critical race theory, what makes you think they're not going to lie about what's happening in Russia and NATO and uh, Ukraine? What makes you think that they're not going to lie about what's happening with uh, COVID on the other side of the world. Like, it's common sense, guys. I'm a layman, okay? So to see this one content creator go off his rocker because he literally thought we were about to enter into World War Three slash 4 on Wednesday based off of deep state talking points and MSM talking points, I was like, I trusted you, dude. I trusted you. You are giving me good points, good sources, and you are just parroting what the deep state is saying. You're trying to rile up all of those patriots who cannot figure out for themselves or don't have a sense of discernment. And that way, that way, at least, at least the deep state can say, well, we have a percentage of patriots that believe what we're saying. We have a percentage of patriots that will go along with the warmongering. We have a percentage of patriots that will be okay with us going to war with Russia because we, ha I'm not saying this guy is a shill. And trust me, none of you guys know him. Don't try and guess the name. Don't try and guess an outfit or an agency. I've never heard anybody say this person's name before, and I've never even heard of this person for you. I'm not talking about Charlie Ward, okay? <laughs> I'm not talking about Charlie Ward. Okay, and, and the only reason why I say that, guys, is because it must have been about it must have been about three weeks ago 
about three weeks ago. This is episode 250, guys, so we're just kind of hanging out. We got some news, guys, and we got a really fun show. I promise you guys, hang around. You guys are going to have fun with tonight's show. But what I'm saying is, it's episode 250, and I'm, I'm having coffee, okay? So... Charlie Ward, ladies and gentlemen, I don't got much to say about that man. I don't know a whole lot about him. I never heard of this man until about three to four weeks ago. And I say that because I was doing a show. I was doing a show. Okay, because for those of you who are new to this show, those of you who are new to this show or this channel, we do multiple shows. Just read the little ticker tape on the bottom. We have the C Report. We have Lone Star News, which is Texas centric news and current events, and we also have Mister C in the Dark, which is a, a late night talk show on heavier topics. What you guys don't know is I have a fourth show. And the fourth show is called Well, Hello, Mr. C. And Well, Hello, Mr. C is exclusive to the foxhole.app and pill.net. Like, I only do that show on that platform, okay? It's exclusive content just for them. So, like, about three or four weeks ago, I was doing a Well, Hello, Mr. C. And we were kind of, like, talking about content creators and stuff like that. It's, it's basically just I chat you know, with the audience and stuff. And, and everyone was dropping names about different content creators that they used to listen to back in the day and stuff. And someone said Charlie Ward. So they weren't, that wasn't the only one. They, they said Charlie Ward. They said, uh, they said McAllister TV, who actually, come to find out, McAllister TV actually does uh, work with uh, True Reporting here on, on Foxhole.app. I was like, hey, that's kind of cool. I was like, that's Linda Perry. And then I was like, hey, my brother's told me about her before. So I thought that was kind of cool actually anyways that's besides the point uh and then uh, they told me about a whole bunch of other people you know because we were talking about we were talking about like some of the content creators that i knew uh, that would be anyone from like alex jones to x22 which is about as broad as the scope that i have for content creators we're not going to get into that okay but they mentioned charlie ward and so i looked up the dude okay and and then i was like i do remember this guy he's the one that told us about the fake the fake King Edward or something, the, the, the King of England, right? That was the guy. He's the one that was like, I've got, the, I've got Prince Edward, King Edward here. He's also from the Jesus Christ bloodline. And so that's the only reason why I said Charlie Ward. Okay, <laughs> but it's not Charlie Ward. It's some other dude. Some other dude was really having an aneurysm over Russia and Ukraine going to war because Anthony Blinken and Ned Price said so. Okay. And I was like, dude, like you look so much smarter than that. Like, come on. I mean, do your history. Don't just, don't just read the news and assume that that's what's going on. You need to do a little bit of digging, sir. Okay. Anyways, that guy has no idea who I am either. I mean, I mean, literally guys, we're small potatoes here. Like that's the only reason why I can do what I do because... <laughs> And, you know, I'm not one to talk about other people's shows. I'm just saying that guy was a fake king of England. And this other guy was like having an aneurysm over a false history. But we're not going to talk about Russia tonight. We're not going to talk about Ukraine. We're not going to talk about the Donbass region. Because you guys know I've been following that. Uh, we've had this conversation for over a month and a heavy conversation. It's not like I'm just showing you headlines. Oh, Russia says this. Ukraine says that. 
Biden says this and poops his pants. No, we do some digging here. I bring you guys substantial reports. So just know the next report we do on Russia and Ukraine, we're going to have another lesson learned, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have another lesson learned that is going to debunk the MSM deep state narrative again here on this show, because that's what we do. We debunk their narrative, ladies and gentlemen, because their narrative is so easy to parse through when you consider the cheap propaganda that it is, okay? And you know why their propaganda is so cheap? It's because they disrespect us so much. It's because they look down on us so much. It's because they think we're so stupid and we're so stupefied that they can just come up with the easiest little Cinderella pinderpander kind of narrative. And they think that that's going to suffice. Well, what they don't know is that the people who are cognizant, the people who have reasoning and logic and, and those types of skills, oh, they are Awake, Anthony Blinken. Oh, they awake, Ned Price. We can see right through you. And uh, we're watching you guys, okay? You guys, the biggest mistake that they could have made was waking up people like us. The people who look, the people who analyze, the people who observe, and the people who don't forget. And not only that, but the people who are active and the people who execute. Okay, that was your big mistake, okay? They bit off a little bit more than they could chew, ladies and gentlemen. They bit off a little bit more than they could chew. And that's why they are not going to succeed. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's about time that we got into our show. What do you think? Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for being here with us again on this Thursday evening. I have a feeling it's going to be a good one. I don't know if you guys can feel the energy, but I definitely can. We have the boss sitting here to the uh, left, my left, your right, I'm sure. We've got two statements for you today. Now, as I said, we are going to talk about Hillary Clinton, the Durham uh, investigation, and, uh, and some other things that color and flavor that entire topic. We won't spend a lot of time on it because I know all of you guys have heard about it already. I know that's all anyone is talking about. Uh, but for the sake of my audience and for the sake of the greater audience out there on my podcast and beyond who don't get to catch us on the live stream, we need to cover and archive this information, ladies, this news, right? So do you guys just bear with me? And then after we're done talking about Clinton and Durham and Mark Elias and all of those ragtag treasonous sons of bitches, we are going to get into some election integrity stuff that I just, I had so much fun putting today's show together. I just, I feel like it will translate. And so we'll just leave it there. All right. With that said, guys, we're going to start with our first President Trump statement. So let's go ahead and get it underway. Now, oh, <laughs> That is not a President Trump statement. Let me see what's going on here. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. That is not the statement either. Where are you at, President Trump statement? I think I forgot to carry it over. Oh, well, sorry, guys. I hate to be so anticlimactic. <laughs> I hate to bust the, uh, the entire groove that the show is going in. But now we have to dig for this President Trump statement. Okay, because... Yeah, and I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you guys. You guys, we actually shared this statement yesterday. But I needed it today to assist in framing and outlining the story that we're presenting to you guys this evening. Because after all, 
there's a certain flow that we're starting to follow here. You know, uh, putting together a live stream is as much as an art form as, uh, you know, painting and oil painting, at least for some of us. Uh, some other people just throw a bunch of links on the screen and then go live. All right. Okay. So I'm not picking on anyone's live stream either. If you think I'm picking on you, then you have security issues. Okay. All right. Because I don't watch other people's live streams. So get off my back. All right. Okay. Where are we? Uh, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get to that live stream. That oh, We're already here. <laughs> oh, don't give Mr. C coffee after 7 p.m. Okay. All right. Here's that statement from President Trump. It says, Much of the now uncovered espionage campaign of the Democrats breaking into the White House and my New York City apartment took place after the 2016 election as yet another way to undermine the upcoming 2020 election. The spying into the Oval Office continued for a long period of time and further served to undermine and discredit the 2020 election, along with massive ballot harvesting, phantom voters, and so many other things that made the elections a sham. The voting numbers were big and determinative. And, uh, well, I like this statement, ladies and gentlemen. Because not only does it touch on uh, what's going on with Durham and his investigation, it also touches on election integrity, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, probably two of the biggest, two of the biggest elephants in the room at the moment. Uh, considering what Durham's work has been uncovering, one of the biggest elephants in the room, considering what uh, the election audits and the hard and relentless, nay, the tenacious work of patriots and concerned Americans, what they have been doing, independent of any type of uh, congressional or senatorial representation, all on their own, ladies and gentlemen, all on their own. The people of this country have been acting and executing to ensure that our elections moving forward are of the utmost secure and fair. Ladies and gentlemen, the two biggest elephants in the room. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, as you see the face of John Durham and Michael Sussman on my screen, I'll have you know that tonight's stories come to you guys from the Gateway Pundit, the Washington Free Beacon, the Epoch Times, the Casper Star, and Kentucky Today. We also have some dishonorable mentions from the Arizona Daily Independent, the Colorado Public Radio, and the Denver Post. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't make this stuff up on my own. We got sources, okay? All right. With that said, let's move on. Now, why do we have uh, Durham and Michael Sussman on the screen tonight? I'll tell you why, ladies and gentlemen. Because it appears that after this entire bombshell drops, basically on the house of Michael Sussman and Rodney Joffe and the Clinton campaign and quite possibly with some fallout to the CIA and the FBI, Michael Sussman gets a set and he's like, 
I'm going to tell the judge to dismiss this case. We're going to have it thrown out. Oh, really, Michael Sussman? You think it's going to be that easy, sir? You know why Michael Sussman thinks it's going to be easy for him to get this case thrown out? Because you have one or two cat ladies, right? You have a cat lady and a crack addict going on MSDNC or CNN or CBS or whatever. And they're out there saying, oh, oh, and if it's not that, then you got like outfits like the Washington Compost or Salon.com going on about how, oh, uh, President Trump has misread the Durham investigation indictment. Uh, President Trump clearly doesn't understand what legal uh, meanings were in this uh, this complicated jurisdictional uh, jurisprudence type of documentation. Oh, really? Okay. And, you know, you see what what the lamestream shamestream media is doing right there, ladies and gentlemen, is they are they are preying on low information and I hate to say it, but low IQ people and uh, people who would not be paying attention otherwise, people who would not understand a sentence if they read it. And because they don't understand a sentence if they read it, they think that President Trump wouldn't understand a sentence if he read it, and especially if it's a legal document. So you got these uh, lamestream, shamestream outfits going out and they're saying, oh, well, President Trump doesn't understand the indictment. And he's just trying to beef up his campaign for 2024 by uh, saying that they spied on him. Oh, it's insulting almost, isn't it, right? Well, you know what? I'm not going to get insulted because, well, I mean, I'm not, okay? Uh, you know, you know, you know what they say about, uh, you know what they say about when, you know, you know what they say when they, uh, they, they undermine people, you know, people that they, uh, people that people dog on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, I, I would much rather, I would much rather people undermine me and, you know, that kind of thing, because then they don't see me coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's a great tactic to follow. But uh, let me tell you what, they didn't see any of us coming, ladies and gentlemen. They looked at us like we were nothing. They looked at us like they were better than us. They looked at us like we were dumb folk that don't understand a lick of dust. And because they underestimated us like that, ladies and gentlemen, because they underestimated all of us patriots and all of us awake Americans who are genuinely concerned about our family, our faith, our friends, and our country, they never saw us coming, ladies and gentlemen. So, Michael Sussman, I think, grew a set because he sees the entire apparatus of the shamestream media, the lamestream media, uh, suddenly parroting, oh, President Trump doesn't understand how an indictment reads. Oh, President Trump is confused about John Durham. Oh, President Trump thinks this and this about John Durham, but that's not true. That's not what it said. They're preying on people. They're preying on low information and low IQ people. We are not low information or IQ people, okay? So... With that said, Michael Sussman decides to say, well, I'm going to go ahead and get this case thrown out. Do you think that's going to happen? I don't know. Uh, let's find out, guys. We'll have to turn to this article to see if we can't get a little bit more information. That way I'm not just pontificating and talking out of my tuchus. But you guys can see it's actually coming from something of merit. Former Clinton campaign lawyer files motion to dismiss John Durham case. All right, Michael Sussman. Let's see what you got. This article comes from the Epoch Times. It says... Former Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman has filed a motion to dismiss special counsel John Durham's case against him, claiming extraordinary prosecutorial overreach. Oh, 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 let me guess, because John Durham did a speaking indictment that was like over 
20 or 30 pages long, that that's uh, overreach. Oh, I'll tell you what's overreach, Michael Sussman. What's overreach is the man who uh, <clears throat> assisted in paying Rodney Joffe on his payroll to uh, vaccinate mandatorily children, men and women of all ages and uh, give them no type of relief for their religious or their uh, their any type of beliefs that they had. I, that's kind of an overreach to me, Michael Sussman. I don't know if uh, I don't know if uh, John Durham really digging deep and laying out the blueprint of a conspiracy that could be called RICO is uh, or considered a RICO case is necessarily an overreach. But I guess for someone who's guilty, it might be defendant Michael A. Sussman by and through undersigned counsel and pursuant to the federal rule of criminal procedure 12b3b respectfully moves this court to dismiss the indictment because the single count therein fails to state an offense what it pretty much said that he lied to the fbi oh he must be talking about that second or third filing on his account that durham did Uh, i see that's where sussman's trying to go with this It says, Sussman's lawyers wrote on February 17th, previously, the former Perkins Coie lawyer pleaded not guilty to charges of lying to the FBI. Last year, Durham alleged Sussman had told then FBI general counsel James Baker, who now works for Twitter. (laughs) Seriously, James Baker works for Twitter. Oh, does that not make a lot of sense right there, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Anyways, it says uh it says uh, last year in September 2016, um uh, Durham alleged Sussman uh, uh, who told then General Counsel James Baker that he was not working for any client when he met with Baker to hand over debunked information that connected the Trump organization to a Russian bank. And on February 12th, Durham filed a motion that a technology executive identified in reports as Rodney Joffe Jofer electronically infiltrated Trump's residences and the White House when he was president. It further said that Sussman had assembled and conveyed the allegations to the FBI on behalf of at least two specific clients, including Joffe, at a U.S.-based internet company, internet company number one, which has been discovered to be called New Star, and the Clinton campaign. Joffe, who hasn't been charged with the crime, said via a spokesman that when he explored former President Trump's executive office, Trump Tower, and Trump's nearby apartment, there were serious and legitimate national security concerns about Russian attempts to infiltrate the 2016 election. In the motion to dismiss, Sussman's lawyer said Durham is overreaching with his recent allegations. It has long been a crime to make a false statement to the government, but the law criminalizes only false statements that are material. False statements that matter because they can actually affect a specific decision on the government. Sussman's lawyer said in their motion. So what I think Sussman's lawyers are trying to say is that the first allegation you brought against our client, that that holds, okay? Like, yeah, he's guilty. But this next allegation, no, no, that one doesn't hold. No, 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 no. <laughs> Silly lawyers. The attorney cited previous instances in which people have been prosecuted for giving tips to federal agents, adding that they were historically charged with making a false statement. The article goes on. 
The attorney cited previous instances in which people have been prosecuting for giving tips to federal agents, adding that they were historically charged with making a false statement only where the tip itself was alleged to be false, because that is the only statement that could affect the specific decision to commence an investigation. In 2016, his lawyers added, Sussman went to the FBI to provide a tip, just the tip, adding that there is no claim in Durham's indictment that it was false. Instead, Sussman has been charged with making a false statement about an entirely ancillary matter, about who his client may have been when he met with the FBI, which is a fact that even the special counsel's own indictment fails to allege had any effect on the FBI's decision to open an investigation, they said. So... I would say right here, guys, they're entering into the arena of Catch-22, which is Michael Sussman is damned if his lawyers do, and Michael Sussman is damned if his lawyers don't. Now, Michael Sussman is damned if his lawyers don't, because then that means that uh, John Durham can just get away with whatever it is that he's alleging is indictment. Now, here's the reason why Michael Sussman is damned if his lawyers do, okay? The reason why he's damned if they do is because uh, basically what they're saying here is they're saying, well, John Durham didn't name the uh, internet company. He didn't say it was this person. He didn't charge this person. So now Rodney Joffe is going to have to be brought into the mix, okay? Which is not going to be good for Rodney Joffe and it's not going to be good for Michael Sussman. But it appears that in his, 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 in his desire to wiggle his way out of this second allegation that Michael Sussman's lawyers have just basically put him in a trap that will call for Rodney Joffe to actually be indicted, thereby bringing Rodney Joffe to the table. Okay, and let's not forget... Okay, and I don't know, I am not a lawyer, I don't know a lick about litigation, but let's not forget for John Durham to have a speaking indictment of 27 to 35 pages on Michael Sussman, and then to do two second filings to update his case, wherein some of these allegations come to the front... Don't his lawyers know that he's not just dreaming this stuff up? I mean, Michael Sussman, I mean, Michael Sussman, John Durham is not smoking Hunter Biden's crack pipe just to put this stuff into an indictment is kind of what I'm saying. Like, if John Durham has a 20 to 30 page indictment that lays out the entire case of a conspiracy that is worthy of a RICO a litigation and a RICO prosecution... He's had grand jury testimony. He's been questioning people. We already know he's questioned like what? Four or five dozen people. Okay, maybe five dozen is strong. Three or four dozen people involved in this matter from the FBI, from the CIA, and from other agencies, including Perkins Coy. And yet Michael Sussman's lawyer and Michael Sussman being a lawyer formerly of Perkins Coy, their lawyers are going to say, oh, well, you can't really charge this because you didn't even name who it was. Oh my goodness, guys. I'm a layman, y'all. That's how stupid they think we are. They think that they can just write this stuff and we're not going to get it. Oh, man, the times they have changed, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. 
article goes on. His lawyers did not directly refute Durham's allegations that Sussman intentionally misled the FBI and Baker in September 2016 when he said he was not working for any client, when he was working on behalf of the Clinton campaign. Durham's latest filing said Sussman was repeatedly billing the Clinton campaign for his work at the time. At the end of the day, Hillary Clinton herself could have publicly handed over the Russian Bank One Alpha Bank information and the FBI would still have investigated it. Sussman's filings reading. So now he's throwing Clinton under the bus. Okay. And it says, and if Mr. Sussman had not met with Mr. Baker and newspaper number one, which I'm guessing is the New York Times or the, yeah, it's got to be the New York Times, published its article as anticipated, the FBI surely would have initiated its investigation then as well. Thus, Mr. Sussman purported statement about his client was utterly immaterial. Regarding the claim that Trump organization had established a connection to the Russian bank, the FBI investigated and concluded there was not enough evidence to support those allegations because everyone knows now that those connections to a Russian bank were actually connections to some, I don't know, VPN in Pennsylvania or something like that. It had nothing to do with it. It was not even located in Russia. Okay. For his part, Trump released a statement last weekend saying Durham's recent court filings vindicate Trump's claims that his office was being spied on while he was president. Clinton, in a Twitter post on February 16th, alleged Trump and Fox News are desperately spinning up a fake scandal to distract from his real one. What real scandal, Herr Cannibal Clinton? Because we never found one, in case you didn't realize it. What, do you think Hillary Clinton's still going to be like, because he was colluding with Russia? Because that woman uh, thinks that America can't remember that Robert Mueller's investigation after millions of taxpayer dollars and uh, months and years of work, he found nothing? Come on, Cannibal Clinton. Get it going, girl. Get it going. Okay, guys. So that's going to bring us over to the next story for tonight. And that has to do with Rodney Prince Joffe, Jeffy Joffer. Ladies and gentlemen, now Rodney Joffe is the uh, the what the the tech CEO one in the indictments. Okay, now he's not named in the indictments, but it has become known that is him, uh, a tech company number one, as named in the indictments again. It's Newstar. That's his company. And uh, what did it go out to? Was it Georgia Tech or something like that? And he was like, uh, he, he had a whole bunch of staff there. He had, he, had, uh, he had some type of clearance that allowed him to perform all these. I think it had something to do with Obama and some Russian phones called Yota and stuff like that. And because of all of that past dealings, he was able to uh, continue utilizing these instruments even into the Trump administration, even into after the point of him being in office, because uh, what they're trying to spin right now in the legacy media is that, of course, uh, yeah, they were spying on him, but only up until, uh, you know, un- until Inauguration Day. Uh, that's it. Uh, after that, we stopped spying on him. Yeah, right. Like, we really going to believe that one. Uh, that that really goes far. It, it really does go far for belief. So, but um, there have been new developments in, in this light as well. A, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of fallout. It's like... 
It's like John Durham's indictment has become a snowball that's not just picking up speed as it rolls down the hill, but it's also like throwing out other snowballs, right? Like, have you ever seen Gremlins 2? Like, or any, you know, whenever Gizmo gets water on his back and then all of a sudden it's like, boo, 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 boo. That's kind of like the way I see this happening right now. I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of things coming out of this indictment here. And, and the funny thing is a lot of the information that is Spilling out of his indictments, they're not even in. They're not even on people that he's naming or bringing into or charging on anything. He's not charging them on anything. In fact, it's almost as if though he's going to concentrate on the narrow, dangerous path that takes him to Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, and all of the little side snowballs that are popping out. The court of public opinion and also the public that activates and executes on this opinion are the ones that are going to bring the rest down. So we're talking like judicial watch, you know, we're talking like any of the any of the lawyers out there who are, are America first or, you know, patriots or or just want justice in this world. You know, they're going to act on this. They're going to be like, oh, well. Why not? I mean, do you want to make it? I'm not saying Tom Fitton's like this, but say, you know, you get a lawyer that's like, oh, heck, like, like there's some meat on this bone here. You think I can share that meal with you, sir? Like, they're going to be like, like, they're going to go after it, too, because they see the they see the bleeding carcass. They see the animal is dying and they're circling, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, and, And the carcass is Clinton and Obama's. We haven't gotten to Obama yet. It hasn't gone that far up the chain yet. But we all know that that is kind of where the buck stops for for the time being. When illegitimate Joe said, the buck stops with me. Don't forget that was Obama talking in his ear. Okay, Obama's the one who said that. The buck stops with me. It wasn't Biden. He was just repeating what he was told to say. Okay, but, but cannibal killery. She's already like laying on the ground. She's already like, like, she's already like the animal that's going and like she's dying, but she's trying to keep the predators away. You know, like there's blood all around her, but she's like, you know, she's trying to keep them away because the vultures are circling, right? Like they see, they see the frenzy. Okay. It's starting to get going guys. Like we're here. I think at this moment, the only thing that could stop this moment from happening is if they drop a bomb. And so far, they're trying to do it in Ukraine, guys. They're trying to. But they have been unsuccessful, okay? They're not going to succeed, ladies and gentlemen. They are not going to We're far, In my purview, we are far beyond the point of these people being able to execute any type of truly lethal earth-shattering, soul-stopping, time-halting thing, okay? Don't quote me on that, okay? But that's just how I feel. If they were going to do it, they would have done it already. They've been in dire straits since 2016, guys. They have been in dire straits for four or five years, all right? If they were going to do it, they would have done it already, okay? They would have found a way to do it. They would have found a way to do it. I'm not saying that they can't still do it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being an eternal optimist here. I am not being uber naive. I'm just saying 
Even if I do end up in a concentration camp, it's going to be a happy time. No, just kidding. I'm just, I'm just playing, guys. I'm just playing. Let's talk about New Star. Let's talk about New Star. What is going on with New Star, ladies and gentlemen? Now, what we're finding out with New Star by way of John Durham's indictments is that, well, <laughs> as it turns out, Rodney Joffe, not to be confused with Prince Joffe or Jeffrey Joffe Joffer of Zamunda, that uh, he was not only being paid by Hillary Clinton, he was also being paid by one illegitimate poopy pants Joe Biden. Ladies and gentlemen, and that raises a whole bunch of other questions. If Prince Jeffrey Joffe Joffer of New Star Technologies had the ability to hack into the executive office of the president because he had received a government contract under Obama and he utilized that clearance to spy on President Trump when Hillary Clinton was running against him. What stopped Jeffrey Joffrey Joffer of New Star from spying on President Trump all the way through... Biden's campaign in 2020 when Biden had him on his payroll. That is the question, ladies and gentlemen, that I think some of us should be considering, but maybe not all of us will because we are too self-important. All right, let's check out this article. This comes from the Washington Free Beacon. Let's see what they've got to say. It says, Biden had firm at center of Trump hacking scandal on his campaign payroll. You don't say. Did they wipe your butt, illegitimate Joe? That is a question I have to ask. It says here, the Biden campaign paid nearly $20,000 to a cybersecurity firm at the center of special counsel John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Trump-Russia probe. The campaign paid New Star Information Services in 2020 for accounting and compliance work, according to Federal Election Commission records. According to Durham, New Star's chief technology officer, Rodney Joffe, accessed sensitive web traffic data that the company maintained on behalf of the White House Executive Office in order to collect derogatory information about Donald Trump. Joffe allegedly provided the information to Hillary Clinton's campaign lawyer, Michael Sussman, who in turn gave it to the CIA during a meeting in February of 2017. Durham charged Sussman in September with lying to the FBI about his investigation of Trump. The Biden campaign's payment raised questions about whether Joffe continued snooping on Trump in the most recent election. The Biden and Clinton campaigns are the only two presidential committees to have ever paid Newstar, according to Federal Election Commission's records. Biden's campaign paid Newstar $18,819 on September 29th, 2020. September 29th, 2020, the records show. 
The Clinton campaign paid the firm $3,000 in May of 2015 for mobile phone services. The Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee paid $3,000 to Newstar in 2017. Newstar executives and staffers contributed $17,906 to Biden's campaign. FEC records show. Now, you know what that shows? It shows that... uh, Joe Biden's a real miser. He paid them $18,000 and they paid him $17,000. That means that they got a payout of $1,000 or less. That's pretty bad. That's really, they got like maybe $9,600. I don't know, $960. Like, dang, boy. Like, dang, that's pretty bad. That, they, got, they definitely got swindled by uh, Slicky Joe over there. Well, well, what can we call him? Pedo Joe? I guess that would fit better than Slick Joe. Anyways, let's go, let's finish with this article. It says here, it is unclear what Newstar executives knew of Joffe's activities on behalf of the Clinton campaign. Durham alleges that Joffe and his associates mined the White House traffic data for the purpose of gathering derogatory information about Donald Trump. Joffe, who retired from Newstar in September, allegedly told associates that he was investigating Trump in order to please VIPs on the Clinton campaign. He also allegedly wanted a job in the Hillary Clinton administration. Joffe and Newstar have not been named in court filings for the Sussman case, but Joffe's attorneys have confirmed his involvement in the matter to news outlets. Joffe has not been charged with wrongdoing. Newstar and Joffe's lawyers did not respond to requests for comment. The White House referred to the Washington Free Beacon, uh, referred the Washington Free Beacon to the Democrat National Committee for comment. The organization did not respond. Trump called for criminal charges against the operatives who sought out his digital work. Sorry, his digital dirt. This is a scandal far greater in scope and magnitude than Watergate, and those who were involved in and knew about this spying operation should be subject to criminal prosecution, Trump said. Durham alleged in a court filing on Friday that Joffe and his associates exploited domain name system internet traffic for the White House Executive Office, Trump Tower, and Trump's apartment building in Manhattan. They had access to the data through what Durham said is Newstar's sensitive arrangement to provide web services to the White House's executive office. Durham alleges that Joffe and his associates mined the White House traffic data for the purpose of gathering derogatory information about Donald Trump. Joffe, who retired from Newstar in September, allegedly told associates that he was investigating Trump in order to please VIPs on the Clinton campaign. More specifically, it said it, it, it mentioned it was Perkins Coy. Perkins Coy is the VIPs that were mentioned in that in that indictment. Anyways, it says he also alleged wanting he also allegedly wanted a job in the Clinton administration. Sussman allegedly provided the CIA with data showing contacts between Trump associates and users of a Russian mobile phone provider. Sussman told the spy agency the contacts were rare and suspicious, according to Durham. The prosecutor disputed that claim, saying there were millions of contacts with users of the Russian provider, including from the Obama White House. Joffe began helping the Clinton campaign in mid-2016 after he found what he claimed was suspicious internet chatter between the servers of Russia's Alpha Bank, 
situated in Pennsylvania, and Trump's real estate company, the Trump Organization. Sussman shared Joffe's findings with journalists and then-FBI general counsel James Baker. Sussman is accused of lying to Baker during a September 19, 2016 meeting by denying that he was investigating Trump on behalf of the Clinton campaign. According to Durham, Clinton campaign lawyers told campaign officials, including Jake the Lying Liar Sullivan, about the Alpha Bank claims. Jake the Lying Liar Sullivan later joined the Biden campaign and currently serves as national security advisor. His wife is counselor to Attorney General Merrick Garland, who oversees the Durham probe and has final say over a release of a report of the investigation. And I might add, ladies and gentlemen, as this article comes to a conclusion, there are many people who are calling for Sullivan's wife to recuse herself as she should, because after all, her husband is going to end up under investigation, and it's just totally unethical and inappropriate that she should be under or over or on any side of this case. The article concludes, federal investigators debunked Joffe's allegations of secret channels of communication between Trump and Russia. The Justice Department Inspector General said the FBI determined by February 2017 that there was no basis of the Alpha Trump allegation. Durham said in his court filing on Friday that his investigators found no support for the information Sussman gave the CIA. All right, guys. So, well, that's just part of the drama right there, ladies and gentlemen. But what we see coming out of this, ladies and gentlemen, is the questions, the questions that must be asked. I think the Gateway Pundit summed it up best when they said the questionable payments immediately raise these questions about whether the snooping on President Trump continued in the most recent election especially considering that the Biden and Clinton campaigns are the only two campaigns that have ever paid Newstar for any types of services. Now, Durham's findings also call into question what the Biden campaign was up to when it hired the company that's in the middle of this open investigation for its role in illegally spying on President Trump. Because after all, Biden's bill for Newstar is over three times what Hillary Clinton paid. And let's not forget, it has a billing date of September 2020, which means that Biden's campaign, if indeed it is found, utilized Newstar to spy on the executive office, spied on a president who had been sitting for four years. And that steak is a little bit thicker and a little bit juicier than what Hillary Clinton has to offer. Partly because she's already sucked most of the blood out of it. But that's not the point, ladies and gentlemen. That's not the point. Now, along with this entire drama-filled, soap-operatic debacle. I mean, this is getting juicier than any movie that I have ever, ever seen before. Ladies and gentlemen, we also have to consider 
the three-letter agencies, those which are our law enforcer enforcers, guys, we're talking about the FBI and we're talking about the CIA. You know, we're talking about, we're talking about, we're talking about the judiciary also in general. I mean, let it be known, let it be said, let it be understood. We can deal with a corrupt legislative. We can deal with a corrupt executive. But how easy is it to deal with a corrupt judiciary? That's when we're really in trouble, folks. That's when we're really in trouble. But to address that issue, I would like to play... Hey, it's John Durham. Hey, what's up, buddy? You guys want to see this little, like, uh, this little uh, uh, a menagerie here, you know, of, of who John Durham is looking at? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably a better word than menagerie, but I can't think of it right now. It, a tapestry. Aha! That's the word I was looking for. Tapestry. I only had but to ask. Anyhow, I want to play a video for you guys now uh, of uh, Steve Bannon and Bannon on his War Room um, show, okay? Uh, I admire the two men that we're about to see, guys. Uh, Steve Bannon and Tom Fitton, Okay. I know we got a lot of Tom Fitton uh, and Steve Bannon fans out there in the audience, but uh, Tom Fitton joined Steve Bannon recently, as in like the last day or so on his show to kind of, you know, talk shop about what's going on here. Because like I said, you know, it's not going to end up just being a question of, you know, a president select uh, O'Biden or wannabe president uh, failure Hillary Clinton. You know, we're going to have to talk about the judiciary. We're going to have to talk about law enforcement in this country. We're going to have to talk about those three letter agencies that got so defiled that no one trusts them and no one wants anything to do with them. Period, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, let's face it, uh, Steve Bannon says pretty much this. And I'm, I'm trying to be respectful because sometimes I call him Daddy Bannon. But anyways, Steve Bannon says pretty much this. We already knew that the Clintons are criminals, okay? So it's really, it's really the three-letter agencies that we got to really be concerned about here because we knew what we were going into with the Hillary Clinton or the Clinton crime syndicate or whatever you want to call them. Maybe, maybe they're the, uh, the uh, American something mafia. I don't know. I don't know where the Clintons fit into the uh, syndicated crime families or organizations of America. They fit in there somewhere, okay? And they got into government and they have been running this government like a crime syndicate heavily for at least the last 30 to 40 years. But this corruption has always existed. Anyways, let's see what Tom Fitton and Daddy Bannon have to say about that. It's always kind of fun to see the pros talk shop. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. And the great Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch. There's not a better institution in the city and not a better guy and a better hammer than Tom Fitton. Tom, uh, by the way, you're the future FBI. You're, you're a nomination for future DNI or FBI picket or CIA. But maybe you do DNI so you can wrap them both up. Tom, I, I'm what, suspicious that we need either agency, but, you know, I'm a kind of... <laughs> hold, hold it. No, that's exactly why we're nominating you, brother. What are you talking about? That's <laughs> I want that in the confirmation hearing. What do you mean? We got a minute. We're holding you through the break. Fenton, get us up to... You've done more. I got Fenton and then Solomon. The two guys have done more on this than anybody. Fenton, walk us through what happened on Saturday, these announcements in regards to Judicial Watch's investigation. 
Well, we know Hillary did it. We've always known that. We know we did it. She did it to protect herself from the emails. Now we know that the Obama administration, someone it looks like, gave her gang the keys to the Trump White House, practically speaking, and allowed her operation to have an insight into the operations of the executive office of the president, and then share the fruits of all of that work, according to what Durham is suggesting, with the CIA. I'm not aware of the CIA, uh, Steve, objecting or highlighting or blowing the whistle on that criminality. Instead, they took it as part of the parcel they were using um, to go after Trump and overthrow him. Uh, this is further evidence of the coup involving not only Hillary, but these other government agencies. And what the, the accountability we need from Durham, it's important he gets people like Sussman and company. Uh, but I'm still waiting for uh, the overlords of the deep state to um, uh, face accountability through this Durham process, but we'll see. We're going to take a short commercial break. Tom, you said something and kidding, but I mean, look, I think, and I know the president, uh, Trump, thinks so highly of you, right? And Judicial Watch has done such a magnificent job, magnificent job on the resources that you guys have, what you've done. It's the People's Justice Department. Um, Seriously, the FBI and the CIA, you saw the domestic terrorism notification they put out last week. I mean, what are your thoughts about that, about actually having an FBI or CIA? Oh, I, I think the FBI needs to be radically remade, maybe maybe dismantled, uh, given its uh, horrible record in protecting the homeland and abusing the powers entrusted to it by the American people. And of course, it's a creature of the Justice Department uh, which has long been a locus of evil when it comes to public policy in our federal government. Uh, I mean, these agencies are no friend of liberty. And, um, you know, on, on the uh, uh, under the best of circumstances, uh, they barely are able to do their jobs. And then you see the, you know, the HHS and the associated entities start targeting tens of millions of Americans as terrorists. I mean, we're worried about what Trudeau is doing He's following Biden's lead in in targeting his political opposition and just labeling terrorists out of the get go, out of the box. It's just incredible. And uh, these agencies, uh, they were horrible under Trump and uh, under Biden. I think, you know, all, all bets are off in terms of, the, the, the you know, they're completely unleashed because Biden isn't really running the government. So. It's a free for all in terms of attacks on our civil liberties and threats and intimidation. Mark Elias, look, he's around fighting rearguard actions all over the country to try to, you know, the Democrats can't win unless they cheat, right? They either have to have mail in ballots that you can't verify, you got to have uncertifiable uh, ballots, the ballot harvesting, all of it, okay, all of it. And Mark Elias sitting there, he's fighting the redistricting that, that, that should come about. He ain't up in New York trying to get an even match there, although Kathleen Rice just resigned. Suck on that, Mark Elias. Um, this is another district we're going to blow him out. Is, is, Elias, is, is he was Hillary Clinton's, that was like Dom McGahn to me, right? Dom McGahn was our, was our chief counsel on the, on the campaign. This is why we had everything set after the victory in 16. It was bulletproof. They couldn't come and contest any of that, although they were tight wins in Michigan and Wisconsin and even in Pennsylvania. But Mark Elias was the head guy. Is Mark Elias going to get wrapped up in this thing? I mean, didn't Sussman report to him? Isn't Sussman his Grundoon? Well, you know, what's interesting about that is, you know, it was Sussman who went to the meetings and gave evidently, according to uh, Durham, 
the false information to both the FBI and the CIA. And magically, Elias wasn't at those meetings. So <laughs> I'm sure Sussman's wondering, why am I the only guy um, on the dock here? And maybe because he committed the crime that uh, that Durham can prove most easily. And we'll see if uh, Elias gets a pass. Reportedly, he's testified already to a grand jury. Uh, but, uh, you know, you also have to remember Elias didn't just represent Clinton uh, and, and, and the firm generally didn't just represent Clinton. It was the Democratic National Committee's firm and it was DNC party money that was also partly funding this operation against Trump. So you not only had Clinton pushing this, you had the DNC, uh, at least on the on the Fusion GPS side, evidently providing money uh, for that operation. And of course, it was a joint operation with the FBI because they were also paying Christopher Steele through the campaign. And then they told him uh, and then they started leaking material about the investigation of Trump that they had concocted to Steele, even though they knew he worked for Hillary. And of course, that was leaked almost immediately. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what's worse, Steve. I mean, is it worse that Hillary was abusing the law to spy on Trump or that our FBI and other federal agencies were? With the acquiescence and, frankly, endorsement of of, of, Biden, of excuse me, Obama it's, it, and, and company. It's, I don't know what's it, worse. It, I, I it, tend to think no, no, no. Oh, it's definitely, it's worse. definitely, it's definitely the second. It's the second. It's definitely worse. Hillary's a crook. We know that. That mafia. I mean, Tom, you and I worked on that for ten years, right? That pro, the, the the go after the Clinton regime. When I was at Breitbart and you were at Judicial Watch, I mean, we had those week. We did. We were. We expect that of the Clintons. They're mafia. We got that. I'm talking about the the, the administrative state. Like I said, I don't call it a deep state because it's in your grill, and you've done more than anybody exposes. Just walk us through. I got a couple minutes. I got a, the, the process here because we can't depend upon Durham. God bless him. Whatever he's doing, it'll be whatever it is. But once we take power in November of this year, with the House. What is Tom Fitton? What are our what are the one or two things that have to happen immediately to start to to get this scum out of these uh, out of these major institutions, the FBI, the CIA, the National Security State, DOJ? Well, under the current Republican leadership, nothing's going to get done. It's just not going to happen. I mean, we've been you know, I've, I've been around too long to pretend that the same group that allowed it to go on during Trump's years are going to uh, turn on a dime and stop it during the Biden administration. And even if they wanted to stop it, they couldn't get documents from the Trump administration with the way DOJ and others were operating. So I don't expect much. Uh, I, I think what we need to focus on is ensuring that senior government officials who committed crimes are convicted and sent to jail. I mean, we, we talk about all this, this crime wave in our urban areas and we want and we and we rightly say, well, it's happening because people aren't being punished appropriately. People are being let onto the streets. So why would we be surprised that uh, any of this is going to stop as long as these folks are able to operate free and clear? I mean, the Sussman indictment's important in that regard. Uh, but you know, the you know Comey was given a free pass by Barr. Uh, you know, Hillary was given a free pass by frankly, both the Obama Justice Department and the Trump Justice Department. So uh, why would she stop? I, I would think this is all going to accelerate even if Republicans take over. I really do. And, uh, and, and, and one short-term thing that can be done, I think, to kind of push things along is to get the process going uh, against the Bi uh, President Biden's corruption. Uh, one of the scandals of our time is that there's no special counsel for Joe Biden. 
I mean, we were all supposed to be falling on the floor at the idea of a conflict of interest in the Justice Department investigating the president. Well, his son is under criminal investigation. He's implicated. The evidence is he was in on it. And there's no special counsel. So Garland's obstructing justice by refusing to appoint a special counsel. And once that special counsel gets going, you know, uh, you know, maybe in three years we'll get some redress like uh, Durham has done. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, look, I'm, I'm pleased Durham's finally doing something. But boy, is it late. Is it late in the game? Tom, how do people uh, get to you, social media? How do they get to Judicial Watch? Uh, how do they learn more about it? Because you guys represent we are the best all institutions over. in the city. We are Getter, Rumble Video, Telegram, uh, YouTube, Facebook. You know, we've been censored and targeted and suppressed. So we ain't going anywhere. And, uh, you know, people not only need to support Judicial Watch, but they need to read the material. I mean, we've, I've, I've got a book, A Republic Under Assault, that nicely summarizes the findings we had on, on these issues. I mean, it, it, what we're hearing about now is awful, but what we already know is even worse. So let's not forget that. The FBI and Hillary Clinton with the, with the support of Obama and Biden and Comey and all the rest targeted Trump knowing he was innocent. Nothing like that has happened in American history before in terms of the uh, using our, our our national security apparatus uh, to target a candidate and then president like it happened with Trump. And there's got to be accountability for it because our country's at stake. The name of the book is Republic Under Assault. Our republic is tottering, Steve. Yep. Let's get this. Let's get this. Well, it's not, we're not going to lose this as long as we've got fighters like you. Uh, i got to say something, too. You talk about accountability. She's addressing the New York like State Party Convention because she's gearing up for 2024 they understand they can't put biden up again hillary's back it's like that it's like those vampire movies the kids watch right that the, the the vampire never gets killed right you keep she's never left stake in the heart she's never left obama never left hillary never left i used to joke about the trump administration in the early days i was always waiting for it to come to power because it said it, too often it was the obama administration seemingly still running things that was the great memo that was done. Late, what ninety? We had 90, 90 Obama appointees over at the uh, National Security Council. Tom, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Fantastic! You're, You're a welcome. patriot, a hero, and a warrior. All right, Tom Fitton. He's got he's he's my favorite Gap. Madonna, Stacey Abrams, eat your heart out, bitches. Anyway, <laughs> okay, guys. You 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 hear about Tom Fitton talking about Hillary Clinton being a vampire? Let me tell you what, guys. We got a vampire coming up later on on this show today. I ain't even kidding you. Wait until you see what we got coming up for you guys tonight. We're not even halfway done. We're about halfway done. Okay. But, uh, well, there you have it. I mean, it's good to hear pros talk shop, guys, because they're, they're, they're laying it out plain and clearly. They're saying it in a way that's way more trustworthy than the way that I say it. And that is... You cannot deal with a corrupt uh, judiciary and you cannot deal with corrupt law enforcement. It has to be fixed. It has to be rectified in a republic, ladies and gentlemen, in a form of government that is run by respects and is beholden to the rule of law. You cannot have a corrupt law enforcement or a corrupt judiciary. 
It makes we cannot be a republic if we have a corrupt judiciary. We cannot be a republic if our law enforcement is corrupt. Period. Let the executive be corrupt. Let the legislative be corrupt. At least we still have the rule of law, ladies and gentlemen. But at this point, it seems that we don't even have that. And at least hearing two pros talk shop about it can give us some perspective. And uh, to really glean that fact, you know, and that is that it needs to be rectified. It needs to be fixed. It can't be looked over. It can't be business as usual. It can't be, oh, well, you know what? They're not in power anymore. That administration is old and it's done. So why hold them accountable? No, those days are done. Those days are over. And any administration, present or future, that allows previous administrations who committed crimes to remain uh, un- unaccountable, then they are complicit. Then they are complicit. A hundred percent. A hundred percent complicit. Now, some of you guys might be wondering why I have this loathsome, disgusting bag of jaundice bones on my screen, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this is the final Durham investigation fallout story that we have. Now, give me a moment and I'm going to play the clip for you guys from back in like, I don't know, what are we, 2022? I'm going to play the clip from you guys back in like August or September of 2021. We're on this show where Mark Elias said he was leaving Perkins Coy. I said, oh, He's leaving Perkins Coy because Durham's coming after him. Oh, it's because he's implicated. He needs to separate from the law firm so this way he doesn't muddy their name because they're coming for him, okay? Don't make me play the clip, all right? Okay, Okay, but ladies and gentlemen, Mark Elias, okay? He, okay, okay, when you are under the gun, right? When you're under investigation, When the world suspects that you might not be who you say you are, when the cracks in the veneer that is your subterfuge and the ruse that you put out before everybody else is falling apart, we're talking about rock, stones, and glass houses, ladies and gentlemen, why would someone double down unless they were suicidal, unless they were psychopathic, or unless they were a thousand percent narcissistic? Well, we see that Mark Elias, in the light of him being what? Deposed, coming before Jan, the grand jury testimony, under oath. We don't know what they talked about. We don't know what questions John Durham asked him. We don't know what he shared or what information that this sick, progressive, communist, sympathizing, anti-Republican, anti-Constitution, treasonous American talked about with John Durham. We don't know what they talked about. It's true. I guess I shouldn't jump the gun, huh, Mr. C? Yeah, don't jump the gun, Mr. C. You don't know what they talked about. But uh, I just find it quite funny that all of us little peons here out in the independent media, all of us little peons here who are paying attention to litigation and to stories and the way that things are going that are not being told and sussed up in the legacy media, the, the, the mainstream narrative, continue to act in a way that confounds us. I'm like, well, I mean, Mark Elias, we already knew that you were like the love child of the Stay Puff Marshmallow and Oogie Boogie. But like, really? 
Now you're really going to show your true colors. Like we already know that you've been uh, helping organizations and you've been helping states and state governments that don't want any type of election integrity laws to pass. We already know that you're anti-election uh, audits. We already know that you tried to put the kibosh on the audit over there in Arizona. He's done a whole lot more than that, ladies and gentlemen. And now he's come under fire because of his involvement with the Democrat National Committee, with his involvement with the Hillary Clinton. And, and let it be known, I mean, once the cover is blown there, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to be looking at every agency and organization that he has represented as a lawyer. He wants to go ahead and help Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Okay, if you want to show your hand anymore, Mark Elias, go right ahead. If you want to show that hand anymore, we're so don't want to see that big old moon, Mark Elias. You know, we know you're dropping trowel right now, but no one wants to see none of that. But he's going to force us to see it. He's like, oh, well, if it weren't enough that I was against election integrity, if it weren't enough that I was against the Arizona audit, if it weren't enough that, uh, you know, I helped uh, Hillary Clinton and her campaign spy on President Trump, if it weren't enough that I helped the DNC and a whole bunch of other things, and I think there's even some spying issues going on there, I think there's even some guidance that he gave to the DNC and stuff like that. And there's a whole lot of things. This is a bad man, and I don't judge people. But this man is a true enemy of the republic. He's an enemy of a free and sovereign people. He is an enemy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. He is an enemy of a republic, a constitutional republic. This man does not believe in freedom. This man believes in whoever it is that's uh, giving him his, I don't know, like five million Egyptian cotton quilt bed and whatever boy servants that go and feed him milk in the morning and suck on his nipples, okay? That's the only thing that Mark Elias believes in, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't believe in humanity. For all I know, he's not even human, okay? He has taken so many cases against a free humanity. I don't even think this man is human. I said he is the love child of the Stay, Par Stay Puff Marshmallow and frickin', uh, what did I say, that guy? Oogie Boogie. Okay, look at, look at, look at, look, look at the jaundice in his eyes, ladies and gentlemen. He's got that Nightcrawler glow. You see that? Eh? Oh, wait, wrong screen. You see that? Uh. <laughs> he looks like, he looks like, uh, and actually, this is actually, this is actually an insult to say, but he looks like Glenn Harrison out of makeup, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Not all of you guys are going to get that joke, but it's okay. Not everyone can be divine, ladies and gentlemen, but Mark Elias can in the right light and with the right beat face. You know what I mean? Okay, so let's talk about Mark Elias, ladies and gentlemen, because Mark Elias, in light of all of these sins that are coming out of the dark, has decided that he wants to represent Black Lives Matter. As if though Joe Biden's uh, administration were not doing that good enough by connecting their website to whitehouse.gov. <laughs> what is this man doing? I mean, this, you know, this has got to be a movie, ladies. This has got to be a movie because only in a movie would a villain come out to be a villain and then do something that's way more villainous and obvious once it's been found out. Everyone's like, okay, Mark, Mark Elias is the villain. And now he's going to be like, yeah, I am a villain. I'm going to show you. <laughs> 
it's the summer of love and I've got a lot of little baby marshmallows to roost. You know, like, I don't know what's up with Mark Elias right now. Clearly, the man is not sleeping well at night. Look at his eyes. And uh, it looks like he has, like, uh, braces on. Anyways, you think this is bad, guys? <laughs> we don't always like to go for the physical. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, this is the face only a mother could love, okay? So, I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm within bounds, all right? We're not done yet, guys. <laughs> we are not done yet. Okay, so Mark Elias wants to help uh, Black Lives Matter. And interesting enough, Black Lives Matters. Like you, you, you a white lawyer? You a white lawyer? You can represent us. <laughs> Contradiction in terms, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what this article says about that. Uh, this comes from the Washington Examiner. Now, Mark Elias works for Black Lives Matter. Okay, if it, if if the world could not get any more topsy turvy and upside down. It was already obvious that uh, Mark Elias was a big snake in the bush, but maybe this is part of the movie to help the case really rest against him. They're like, well, we weren't sure that you were a leftist uh, individual. We weren't sure that you were really partisan and it was all politics, uh, Mark Elias. But uh, once you went to help Black Lives Matter, that pretty much helped us seal the deal. And yes, Aurelius Locke, we're talking about Glenn Harrison Divine. <laughs> My diet pill is wearing out. <laughs> okay, anyways, thank you. Someone got the joke. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Oh, man, when you said we have a similar sense of humor, Aurelius Locke, you weren't kidding. All right, so uh, 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 Washington Examiner, here we go. Revealed Clinton World Takeover of Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter filings reveal prominent Democrat lawyer Mark Elias and another longtime ally of former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton have taken on key roles in the charity amid scrutiny over its leadership and finances. Elias, best known for his funding of British ex-spy Christopher Steele's discredited anti-Trump dossier while he served as Clinton's 2016 campaign general counsel, appears to be representing the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation through his recently formed Elias Law Group. Okay, guys, I'm telling you, when Elias formed, when Elias separated from Perkins Coy, that was a sign, ladies and gentlemen. That was a sign that they were coming for him or they were coming for Perkins Coy, one or the other. But what did we say? We said, oh, he's going to be deposed. And better yet, he was taken before a grand jury. Oh my goodness, to be a fly on the wall of that testimony. Ladies and gentlemen, can you imagine what that would have been like? Oh, it makes things, it makes, never mind. Okay, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the article goes on to say, Elias, best known for his funding of British ex-spy Christopher Steele's discredited anti-Trump dossier while he served as Clinton's 2016 campaign general counsel, appears to be representing the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation through his recently formed Elias Law Group. BLM's national organization repeatedly lists the Elias firm as one of its addresses and states in its short year 2020 form 990 that it books uh, that its books were now in the care of the Elias Law Group. 
Additionally, Mignon Moore, a longtime top ally, top ally of both Bill and Hillary Clinton, is now listed as part of Black Lives Matter's board of directors in the charity's filings. It's not clear when Black Lives Matter's relationships with uh, Elias Law Group and more began. Oh, wait, how do we say this? Beta Lives Memo? Ah, just kidding. Black Lives Matter filed a charitable organization registration statement earlier this month with the New Mexico Attorney General's office listing addresses for Black Lives Matter in Arizona and Oakland, California, but says Black Lives Matter's other address is care of, courtesy of, oh, oh, C-O means courtesy of, I thought it was care of, oh, well, man, have I been wrong all these years, courtesy of Elias Law Group in Washington, D.C., Black Lives Matter also filed an annual registration renewal fee report with the California Attorney General this month, with the filing saying multiple times that one of its addresses was courtesy of Elias Law Group. The filing also states Black Lives Matter's books are in the care of the organization that is located at courtesy of Elias Law Group. The latest filings edition of partisan lawyer Mark Elias confirms the group is more political than charitable. Scott Walter, the president of the Capital Research Center, a conservative investigative nonprofit group, told the Washington Examiner. But it also suggests that finally, some left-wing heavyweights have begun to deal with the embarrassing mess made by a major activist group the institutional left has failed to, pardon the term, police. Because we all know that the Black Lives Matter ain't going to be policed, right? Anyways, it says the article... The national Black Lives Matter group pulled off an accounting maneuver that allowed it to delay reporting what it did with its $60 million bankroll from 2020. Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, the charity that serves as the face of the national Black Lives Matter movement, quietly changed its 12-month accounting cycle to run July through June, giving it until mid-May to report what it did with the millions that flooded into its coffers beginning in the second half of 2020. The new Black Lives Matter filing with New Mexico also said that Mignon Moore is a board member for Black Lives Matter. And Black Lives Matter's California filing lists her as a board member too. Hillary Clinton's Onward Together PAC was reportedly incorporated by Elias in April 2017. And Elias is listed as a governor for the Clinton PAC in a business filing for the Department of Consumer and Regulatory Affairs. Moore was listed as the director president at Onward Together for the fiscal years of 2017, 2018, and 2019. Clinton posted on Facebook in May 2020 that Onward Together would partner with Elias's Democracy Docket to protect Americans' right to vote by mail. And she posted in June 2020 that her followers should join Onward Together and Mark Elias in the fight for voting rights by signing up for Democracy Docket, 
Which means, ladies and gentlemen, that ultimately, Mark Elias has been working for Black Lives Matter for quite some time. And yet we didn't catch on to this till now. Oh, well, you know what to say. Dark to light, ladies and gentlemen. Dark to light. All right, let's go. Okay. Elias wrote on the fifth anniversary of Clinton's loss to Donald Trump. They actually have anniversaries for her loss. Um, Elias, don't you know it's called a memorial? <laughs> it's called the memorial when you lose something. Okay. <laughs> On the fifth memorial of Clinton's loss to... It's like, you know, they may as well be memorializing the death of the New World Order in America. Because that was Clinton's role, okay? That was Clinton's role. The death of America. If Clinton had been elected, she would not have been delivering an inauguration in 2016. She would have been delivering a eulogy for this country. Okay, so literally, on the fifth memorial of Clinton's loss, ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to say, Elias wrote on the fifth anniversary of Clinton's loss to Donald Trump that I am still with her. Elias was punished by a federal appeals court panel in March for a deceptive, duplicative Texas court filing, and the judges shot down his effort to wriggle out of the sanctions in January because, you know what? Mark Elias is the love child of the state Puff Marshmallow and Oogie Boogie, and he had only wriggle out of uh, the thumb of Texas. Eh. Now, we got a lot of rhinos in Texas. We got a lot of rhinos in Texas, but even the rhinos don't like progressive scum like Mark Elias. Okay, I'm just saying, guys, but we still need to clean out the rhinos. Anyways, back to the article. Mark Elias benefited from dark money for years from his Democracy Docket Legal Fund, a fiscally sponsored project of the Hopewell Fund, whose board hired a left-wing dark money firm, Arabella Advisors, to manage its fiscal sponsorships. While at Perkins Cooley, Elias represented Joe Biden's presidential campaign and the DNC in 2020 and was the general counsel for now Vice President Kamala Harris. Failed presidential bid. Oh, damn. So that's pretty crazy. So he was the general counsel for Kamala Harris when she was running for president. <laughs> that's funny. Anyways, okay. He also represented the Democrat Senatorial Campaign Committee, the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee, and multiple other PACs. Now, picture this, ladies and gentlemen. America, 2022. The John Durham indictments are coming down and the hammer is swinging on Mark Elias. And we, we just learned all of the committees, the organizations... We just learned the depth and the breadth of the, uh, of the involvement of one Mark Elias, okay? Here's where, okay, here, okay, okay. You heard this here at the C-Report, okay? You heard this here at the C-Report, okay? Because when this hammer comes swinging down on Mark Elias, all right? And then they go and they say, oh, Mark Elias, you were also against election audits in Arizona. What other organizations were against election audits in the country? Do you see the web of RICO forming? You heard this here on the C-Report, okay? If you go to any other damn station, 
or any other show, and, and God bless, they're all great. But I love my sense of analysis. This shit comes to me from above somehow. They're going to say Elias is the main tie to every other case here because he's actively fighting against election integrity and election security. He's actively vouching for election fraud. He's actively trying to bring down election integrity. He was fighting for he sued. He sued Georgia, ladies and gentlemen. When they passed their election laws in Georgia, which were a little too late and a little too less, he was at the head of that. He was like, Georgia, I'm going to sue you for, uh, for voter suppression. Okay, in Arizona, he was like, Arizona, you will not have this voter suppression racist audit. It's a, sh- it's a sham audit. Elias was the central figure, and, their t- and all we need is one tie. Maybe two ties to connect the entire amount of election fraud around this country to a political operative to prove that there was a political partisan biased intent to bring down a duly elected president because of political opposition. And Mark Elias is like the linchpin. He's almost like the Jeffrey Epstein of child trafficking and the minions in government and in celebrity and in business. This is Mark Elias. Mark Elias is like centrifugal. To, to fighting against election integrity and to bringing down a president by spying on him. It revolves around this man right here, guys. Can't you see that Oogie Boogie is unraveling right before our eyes? Mark Elias. Like, it's... Just, just, just look at it. Just analyze it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you heard that here on the C-Report. If you hear this from anyone else... They've been lurking, okay? I just got to say. All right, now, let's continue. Let's finish this. Let's finish this up because this is just too exciting for my bones. It says here, Elias has testified before a grand jury set up by special counsel John Durham. Dun, dun, dun. This is the day that we've been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen. You see, we're getting the momentum. You see, President Trump said, never give up. Never stop. Always have faith. Get your momentum, get going, execute, okay? Don't dawdle in the past. Don't, 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 don't doubt yourself. Keep on moving forward because it's going to be that positive, forward, mental, passion, energy, emotion, movement, active, execution. That's what's going to get us across the finish line, ladies and gentlemen, all right? And none of you guys have given up. None of you guys have surrendered. None of y'all have stopped. You've always believed, okay? And I'm not talking about clicking your heels three times and clapping your hands. I mean sharing the information, making sure it's right in your mind, making sure that you're not just falling for anything that you're told, making sure that you're not listening to the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media, making sure that you know that you are secure and where you stand and that you're not going to doubt yourself because these people keep trying to pull the wool over our eyes or trying to make us feel a certain way, okay? With integrity, with, its, with our strength, with our competence and our faith in each other and ourselves, we've been able to move this forward. And I'm telling you, the only way that they can stop this is if they drop a bomb. They've been trying and they failed, ladies and gentlemen. They have failed, And we can take this to the top. We can get there. We're getting there. We just gotta we just gotta hold that line a little bit longer, ladies and gentlemen. We just gotta hold that line a little bit longer, guys. Okay. 
The article concludes, Moore is listed as a top leader at the Dewey Square Group consulting firm. She has long history in the Clinton world, including, okay, we finished it. (laughs) We finished it. We finished the article. It's good. (laughs) We're good. How does that make you feel, ladies and gentlemen? How does that make you feel? It makes me feel damn good. I can tell you that for sure. It makes me feel damn good, okay? It makes me feel damn good. Damn good. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're not done yet, ladies and gentlemen. I told you this is episode 250, and we're not done yet, okay? We're not done yet. We got a statement from President Trump coming up. We are about to get into some election integrity news that I think you all will find very interesting and very entertaining at least, if not mildly so. We're going to talk Wyoming. We're going to talk Arizona. And we're going to talk Colorado. Okay? We're going to talk these states, first and foremost. But before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, why don't we have a little bit of a palate cleanser, if you will? And uh, we'll see you right on the other side of these messages. America is a land of heroes, a place where greatness is born, where destinies are forged, and where legends come to life. This is the home of Thomas Edison and Teddy Roosevelt, of many great generals, including Washington, Pershing, Patton, and MacArthur. This is the home of Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman, the Wright brothers, Neil Armstrong, and so many more. This is the country where children learn names like Wyatt Earp, Davy Crockett, and Annie Oakley. This is the place where the Pilgrims landed at Plymouth and where Texas Patriots made their last stand at the Alamo. The American nation was carved out of the vast frontier by the toughest strongest, fiercest, and most determined men and women ever to walk on the face of the earth. Our ancestors braved the unknown, tamed the wilderness, settled the Wild West, lifted millions from poverty, disease, and hunger, vanquished tyranny and fascism, ushered the world to new heights of science and medicine, laid down the railroads, dug out the canals, raised up the skyscrapers. Our ancestors built the most exceptional republic ever to exist in all of human history, and we are making it greater than ever before. This is our glorious and magnificent inheritance. We are Americans. We are pioneers. We are the pathfinders. We settled the new world. We built the modern world, and we changed history forever by embracing the eternal truth that everyone is made equal by the hand of Almighty God. America is the place where anything can happen. America is the place where anyone can rise. And here, on this land, on this soil, on this continent, the most incredible dreams come true. 
This nation is our canvas, and this country is our masterpiece. We look at tomorrow and see unlimited frontiers just waiting to be explored. Our brightest discoveries are not yet known. Our most thrilling stories are not yet told. Our grandest journeys are not yet made. The American age, the American epic, the American adventure has only just begun. Our spirit is still young. The sun is still rising. God's grace is still shining. And my fellow Americans, the best is yet to come. Some people say that I should update that to Trump 2022. We had a 2021 in there, but uh, (laughs) that's an oldie, but a goodie, ladies and gentlemen. That's an oldie, but a goodie. So anyhow, guys, welcome, welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed that palate cleanser as we move into the second portion of tonight's episode. Um, and I hope you guys have been enjoying yourself thus far on this journey with us tonight in the news. Uh, we just wrapped up some pretty fun, some pretty heavy, uh, you know, Durham, Clinton, Trump, espionage. We, we, we covered the gauntlet here, ladies and gentlemen, in our effort to bring you, uh, bring you the news and information in a way that you don't always get every day in your every life, ladies and gentlemen. But... Nevertheless, welcome back to the C Report. I am your host, Mr. C. We are here live on this Thursday, February 2022. The date is, pardon me, the 17th. Sorry, guys. I just, I I refilled my coffee. All right. This is cup number three. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, 2017. uh, The date. uh, No, 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 no. 2022. The date is the 17th. Don't don't let me get it confused now. Uh, But now, ladies and gentlemen, we still got a little bit of news to cover with you. We got three stories that we want to go over with you guys before we call it a night. I hope you all will hang out with us for the rest of the evening because I think you guys will enjoy uh, and find the news that we have to share somewhat interesting. Now we're going to talk about Wyoming. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about uh, Arizona, and we're going to talk about uh, Colorado. We're going to stay uh, we're going to stay uh, west of the Rockies, right? Pretty much. I don't know. Uh, my geography is not so great, but I'm pretty sure most of those states are west of the Rockies. I could be wrong. Don't quote me. Anyways, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've talked Arizona. It's been a while since, well, it's, it's been a bit since we've talked Colorado. We have talked Colorado election integrity and election fraud news in at least within the last month. Arizona's kind of slowed down, guys, you know, because, I mean, it is speeding up. Don't get me wrong. If you are paying attention and keeping up to date with the news that's coming out of Arizona, it's very exciting. Very exciting. I mean, we're talking like, oh, Lordy, Arizona suddenly went from number four on the decertification list to number one on the decertification list. And previously, Wisconsin had been beating them. But now now Arizona is in the lead for decertifying before any other state. 
And they should be in the lead for decertifying any state because, after all, they are the only ones that have implemented a truly in-depth, thorough forensic audit of their election where states like my state, Texas, can only boast about doing the country's largest and most thorough forensic audit when it's not anything near compared to what they did in Arizona, Rhino Abbott, okay? Secretary of State John Scott, you guys, don't be tooting your horn over there because you guys have done nothing. You guys have not even done a fraction of what they did in Arizona. And Arizona is truly the gold standard for forensic audits, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of news coming out of there, but we're not going to jump the gun. We're going to follow the order of operations, ladies and gentlemen. So let's start with Wyoming, okay? Now, this, uh, this story out of Wyoming is actually pretty interesting. We've never talked Wyoming, per se, for election integrity measures because, well, I mean, you know, the stories just don't come across my desk. But this one did. Ladies and gentlemen, I thought it was worth sharing it to you. It also comes by way of a President Trump statement. So let's see what President Trump had to say. Uh, that would be today in regards to the state of Wyoming. <clears throat> Statement goes this way. It says, The Wyoming State Senate is considering SF0097, that's 0097, introduced by Patriot Senator Bo Biteman to protect the integrity of Wyoming primary elections. This critically important bill ensures that the voters in each party will separately choose their nominees for the general election, which is how it should be. It makes total sense that only Democrats vote in the Democrat primary and only Republicans vote in the Republican primary. This will be, this bill has my complete and total endorsement and support. Every member of the Wyoming Senate should vote for SF 97 0097. Thank you. Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to take a moment to sit here and reflect. What the heck is President Trump talking about here? Okay, so first of all, let it be known that people of California and people of New York sit back and they look at a state like Texas and they're like, oh, them backwards country bumpkins over there in Texas, they still ride them horses and they still, you know, live in, in the dirt, okay? Well, the people of Texas look at people in like, Wyoming and Montana and Georgia and we're like, oh, them backwards country bumpkins, they still live in the dirt and ride horses. <laughs> so to read this statement, I was like, really? Okay, they really are a little bit backwards in Wyoming, apparently, because apparently this election integrity, I mean, is this election integrity bill or is this like an election common sense kind of bill? Apparently, in the state of Wyoming, during a primary election, you can vote for whoever you want to vote for. So you can be a Democrat registered and vote for a Republican, is what we're saying here. Now, I'll admit 
I'll admit some of my uh, some of my ignorance when it comes to the electoral process. I, I will I will I will I will buffer that by saying I come from an apolitical family. I never learned American or local civics because I was homeschooled during that period of my life. And I was totally non-political until I started to wake up to that something was wrong in this world. And then uh, I figured out, oh, it was something that had to do with the government, the people who are setting policy, and the story goes on from there, right? So I'll admit, at first I was like, whomever, whatever party I register for, in whatever election contest I'm in, I can only vote for that party. I learned, obviously, later on that that's not the case. However, in primaries, you can only vote for the party you're registered for. Unless you're in Wyoming, okay? <laughs> so I was like, whoa. I was like, I was like, so these people can vote whenever. The, so in Wyoming, you can literally vote for whomever you want. Whenever you want in any election contest. All right. Now, apparently this Senator Bo Biteman has introduced a bill, SF0097, which would clarify and set in stone that during a primary election, a Democrat can only vote for a Democrat. A Republican can only vote for a Republican, etc. Okay, etc. Which is interesting because that strategy in Wyoming for the swamp creatures. And that strategy would be to get as many Democrats as you can to vote for Liz Cheney. (laughs) That way, Liz Cheney becomes the primary contender and there's not a single damn Republican that's going to vote for her. Then they don't turn out to vote. And then the Democrats win by default, basically. Strategy. Pure strategy. So this is the first time that I've seen President Trump actually endorse a bill. <laughs> like when he endorsed uh, Victor uh, Shokin over there in Europe, I was like, oh, he's endorsing another world leader. Okay, go Trump work, you know? But like, <laughs> he's endorsing a bill here, guys. He is endorsing Wyoming SF0097. There's a reason for that, okay? There's a reason for that. Let's take a look at this article from, uh, where's this article from? This article is from dum, ta-dum, 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 the Casper Star, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the portion of the show where you're going to get the news that no one else is talking about, okay? All right, the Casper Star, ladies and gentlemen, had this to say about Wyoming election integrity and... SF0097. Let's check it out. This is so interesting. Okay. Donald Trump backs legislation to end crossover voting in Wyoming. Who knew that this existed? I didn't. It says here, former, oh, their words, not mine. President Donald Trump endorsed Thursday the latest legislative efforts to end crossover voting in Wyoming. Senate File 97 Change in party affiliation was filed recently by Senator Bo Biteman of Ranchester. 
The bill would end same-day party affiliation change in Wyoming to prevent Democrats from voting in Republican primaries. The practice is commonly known as crossover voting. If enacted, changes in voter affiliation would not be allowed in roughly the three months prior to a primary. This critically important bill ensures that the voters in each party will separately choose their nominees for the general election, which is how it should be, so saith President Trump. If successful, the bill would become effective almost immediately in time for the 2022 primary and general elections when Representative China Liz Cheney is up for re-election against the Trump-endorsed candidate, Harriet Hageman. Even before the 2022 House primary, the far right in Wyoming has been advocating for an end to crossover voting, which critics say leads to Democrats meddling in Republican elections. That fear has become more acute in the Cheney-Hagman contest, with conservatives worrying Democrats will change their party affiliation to support Cheney, who's one of the Congress's loudest Trump critics and one of the largest sound bites that are pro-Democrat, I might add. The article says, This bill will go a long way toward in ending this up-to-now legal but unethical behavior and restore confidence in our party nominating process, Biteman said in a statement. Party switching cancels out the vote of actual party members by those who wish to game the system and influence the outcome of their competing parties nominating election. The leader of the Wyoming Democrats is skeptical of the actual motives behind the legislation. The whole point of this bill is to catch voters off guard, Joe Barbuto, chairman of the Wyoming Democrat Party, said in a text message. They're counting on people not realizing they had to change their registration by the beginning of the candidate filing period in an attempt to curtail Democrats registering as Republicans to vote in the House, the U.S. House primary. Let me be clear. I'm encouraging Democrats to participate in our primary, but that does not mean I support limiting the rights of Wyoming voters. What a load of bull. What a load of bull, Joe Barbuto. Joe Barbuto goes on to say, Senator Beitman and his co-sponsors can stop purporting to be champions of liberty and freedom because this legislation is an insult to both of those ideals. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Because uh, apparently Joe Barbuto is kind of like, well, I mean, you know, if someone in the Democrat Party wants to become Republican, who am I to stop them? Bull! You guys can smell the bull, right? You know there's a lot of bull out there in Wyoming because, I mean, at least in my purview, it's like a lot of farmland, right? I, I don't know. I've never been there. I hear it's a very beautiful country. You know, uh, Jeffree Star lives out in Wyoming these days, but I've never been there. You know, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Anyways, the article goes on to say, the fight to end crossover voting, an effort supported by the state GOP, has been going on for years. The far right blamed the practice for contributing to the election of Governor Mark Gordon in 2018, though figures later showed that wasn't the case. This is not the first time Trump has issued a statement regarding Wyoming elections. Remember, though, in the end, we just want one candidate, 
running against Cheney. And might I interject here, ladies and gentlemen, that indeed, when it comes down to it, our best chances are to have one candidate running at all times in order to consolidate the vote. One of the methods and schemes that these uh, 'er ne'er-do-wells use, and I'm sure my audience is very, um, very savvy to this, is that quite often they will split the vote. Just look at the Texas primary elections. How many contests do we have five or six conservative and or Republican candidates running on the same ticket? And including in the governor's ticket, they want to split the vote so bad in the governor's ticket. They have a wealthy baroness who's endorsed by Pedo Jackson Lee running as a conservative. They have some unknown phantom candidate that's name is Rick Perry, who has garnered so much publicity for having the same name as the former governor and energy uh, czar for Trump, Rick Perry that they don't even put a picture of him. They don't put a website of him. They don't put a biography of him. They just say he's from somewhere in North Texas. He's a phantom candidate. He's meant to split the vote for low information voters who are like, I don't know who's on the ticket. Oh, I recognize the name Rick Perry. Uh, I was happy under Rick Perry. So uh, I'm going I'm to vote for Rick Perry instead of Governor Abbott. Do you get what I'm saying here? Split the vote, okay? That's the scheme that these people use when they are on the ropes. All right, so let's see what... uh, I remember this statement here that President Trump wrote. We actually uh, read that here at the C-Report. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying. Memory lane, ladies and gentlemen. It says, remember, though, in the end, we just want one candidate running against Cheney. Trump said in an earlier statement, I'll be meeting with some of her opponents in Bedminster next week and will be making my decision on who to endorse in the next few months. Just one candidate. He eventually went on to endorse Hageman, who has been heavily campaigning across the state in recent weeks. Wyoming voted for Trump by the highest margin in the nation during the 2020 election. Follow state politics over at this Casper Star News is kind of what it says at the end there. So pretty interesting, guys, huh? I would say that it is pretty interesting. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the C report. Your support is greatly appreciated from 99 cents per month to 499 per month to 999 per month. Every donation counts, and every bit helps. Show your support for The Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. And thanks, y'all. W.C. Cranop says... I have never agreed with having to vote by party line. I go with my gut. I agree with that. 
I agree with that, you know. Now, in my younger years, which is not too far ago in terms of my political, you know, uh, voting life, I think the first time I ever casted a ballot or voted was in uh, 2008 during the first Obama elections, okay? Because everything up until then, I was waking up and getting my understanding and figuring things out because I started to wake up. You guys know the story about, I mean, you know, uh, the the rumblings of awakening happened around uh, September 11th. The rumblings of awakening really got going around 23, 2003, 2004. And by 2005 or six, I was like awakened looking and I was ready to vote by 08 when Obama came in. First time I first time I voted was in I think I think it was in 2008. I'm pretty sure it wasn't before then because I didn't vote in any of the Bush elections, although I am 100 percent, 1000 percent anti Bush family, you know, and uh, well, that that's just basically what it boils down to. Ladies and gentlemen, I think about 08 was the first time I cast a ballot. And, uh, you know, I thought back then that you had to uh, you had to be part of the party that you were voting for in all elections. And so, uh, well, my dog in the race to begin with was Ron Paul, who I understood to be a libertarian, but was running on the Republican ticket because he wanted to infiltrate the establishment. So I've always actually been more libertarian constitutionalist than Republican. But uh, I'm I am still currently registered as a Republican, which is fine. You know, if they if they clean up the Republican Party by getting rid of 95 percent of it, we're good. Right. Otherwise, we need a new party. Otherwise, we need a new party, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, yeah, I thought this was a very interesting article. I, I mean, you know, just just getting to know the politics of other uh, of other states, you know, and the way that their electoral process works. So we'll see how this goes for Wyoming. We'll see if uh, if this bill does, in fact, or this this uh, file does get passed in the state of Arizona. I mean, sorry, of Wyoming. Pardon me. We got our Arizona audit update coming up now, guys. But, uh, you know, word, ladies and gentlemen, President Trump has officially, he has officially endorsed a bill. That's pretty cool. Sonia JHC asks, Mr. C, as Perry came out on this, uh, are you talking about, which Perry are you talking about? <laughs> no. Former Governor Rick Perry has not come, has not come out on this to say, oh, it's not me. Uh, the media is, rep- I'm telling you, I am telling you, Rick Perry on the ballot that you're going to see next Tuesday, not this Tuesday, but the Monday after next, the Tuesday, I can't say it, okay, <laughs> in two weeks and two Tuesdays, that Rick Perry is still on the ballot, but I haven't, uh, I haven't seen any, uh, I haven't seen anything regarding a uh, former governor saying, hey, <laughs> that's not me, <laughs> No, I haven't seen that fop saying anything about it. But uh, it's interesting because he made headlines, but no photo, no bio, no website. It's like he's a ghost candidate who's just using the name of Rick Perry for low information voters to vote for him because those voters were happy under Rick Perry's governorship is what my guess would be. 
All right, guys, let's talk Arizona so we can move right along. Dug-a-dung, dug-a-dung. Little does the ops know we're going to be on for a minute tonight. We got some fun stuff. Oh, God. This is where the fun begins, ladies and gentlemen. You know, because, you know, I've had, I've had so many people say, do you remember the good old days, Mr. C, where you used to put swamp creatures on the screen and just have a little laugh? <laughs> hey, WC, I hope you finished dinner tonight. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we've already had Clinton on the screen, but I'm just saying. Okay. All right. So let's do a quick update for Arizona. It might not be so quick, but, you know, we'll we'll do it as quick as we can. Now, in case you missed it a couple of weeks ago, um, Representative Mark Fincham actually introduced a resolution to decertify the 2020 presidential election. We talked about it here in brief at the C report. Now, let it be let it be known clearly speaking ladies and gentlemen, he did not put up a resolution to recall the electors. He put up a resolution to recall and withhold the electors to decertify the 2020 general election competition and to recall to decertify like, the certification was in the text of the document, okay? Um, just in case you don't believe me, here's a beautiful face that you can trust, ladies and gentlemen. How about we revisit good old Dr. Kelly Ward for that good old Arizona audit update? Oh, it's been such a long time, Dr. Kelly Ward. We missed you over here at the Sea Report, and it is wonderful to see your face again. Come on in and give us that good news, sweetheart. Hello, it is time for the daily update from the Republican Party of Arizona. I am your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward. So, Republican State Representative Mark Fincham, candidate for Secretary of State, has introduced a House concurrent resolution entitled Decertifying and Setting Aside the 2020 Arizona Electors. The measure refers to irregularities that were found in Maricopa, Pima, and Yuma counties in the 2020 general election. The measure expresses that the members of the Arizona State Legislature would set aside the results of the elections in those counties and reclaim the 2020 presidential electors. If passed, the resolution would notify the President and the United States Congress of this determination. Now, to be clear, this is a concurrent resolution, not a bill. When a bill in the Arizona State Legislature is passed by both houses, both sides, and then signed by the governor, it then changes state statute and becomes law. Concurrent resolutions are legislative measures that are used to express the sentiment of the state legislature and often express that sentiment to the public and to the federal government. Now, I have to tell you, I commend Representative Fincham, who I served with when I was in the state Senate. I commend him for his courage in introducing this measure. I know he's going to get scorn and derision from the usual fake news media for doing so, but I guess we'll just have to see what happens. There's a number of election integrity bills that we are tracking through both the Arizona House and the Arizona Senate. 
and they cover so many things. Topics like the use of voting machines and access to voting machines, the type of paper used for our ballots, cleaning up the voter rolls, prohibiting drop boxes for early ballots, and changing the threshold that triggers a mandatory recount. Many of these bills are derived from the lessons learned from Arizona's audit, America's audit. And I am so proud of our Republican state legislators who are moving forward to ensure election integrity. And guess what? You should be proud of them too. Now, you know, I do have a book out on the audit. If you're interested, you can find out more on my website, kellyward.com. But remember this, here at the Republican Party of Arizona, it is always America first. I'll see you next time. Oh, I love Dr. Kelly Ward. I, I, can, I can have a plate of Dr. Kelly Ward any time of day. And you know, when I say that, that it is sincere and genuine because after all, she's not my type, right? But I just love her. I love her. She's fabulous, ladies and gentlemen. That's a fabulous woman right there, okay? Now, um, let's see here what we have. <laughs> you guys are probably like, Mr. C, you're really out on a limb right now. Uh, now, the interesting thing about this, though, you know, when, because Dr. Kelly Ward, she was just delivering us the good information, guys. She was bringing us the good news. The good news is that Representative Mark Fincham has indeed introduced a resolution. She broke it down for us so we could understand it because Dr. Kelly Ward is good like that, right? She does it in a way that's not, you know, diminishing, demeaning, or condescending. I love that about her. She's such, she's so good with people, you know, but she, as well, as Mark Fincham have recently been subpoenaed by Hoods Pelosi's J6 Unselect Committee on the False Flag Capitol Riots of January 6, 2020. Uh, one. And uh, I just got to say, guys, maybe someday we'll have Mark Fincham on our show to tell you guys the story. But I'll never forget when he was talking about it, the reason why they're bringing him into this, um, uh, the reason why they're subpoenaing, subpoenaing him and bringing him into this is because he was actually there on the day of J6, but he wasn't there to attend and or participate in the rallies. He was there to hand deliver the alternate slate of electors for the state of Arizona which is another reason why they're bringing them into this, you know? It would be great to get some clarification. Maybe we can get with Mark Fincham. Maybe we can get with Jim Marchant. Maybe those gentlemen would love to come on the show and just express their points of view on what was happening because as I always understood it, they were presenting alternate electors. And it seems that now Hoods Pelosi's J6 committee, which is being led by a known radical Ben Thompson, okay, a man who wanted to segregate and separate four or five states of the South into the new Africa back in the 1960s and 70s, okay? Like, what we know of that is that they are basically going to persecute these people for offering an alternate elector of states, which, according to our Constitution, which is a limiting governmental contract, uh, which is to say there's nothing that says you can and cannot have an alternate uh, slate, ladies and gentlemen, you can, there's nothing that says you can or cannot have an alternate slate. They're going to try and vilify, demonize, and criminalize people like Representative Mark Fincham and uh, Secretary of State candidate 
um, uh, um, Jim Marchant, ladies and gentlemen. So, and Kelly Ward, Dr. Kelly Ward is also being subpoenaed to go before Hoods Pelosi and Ben Johnson's kangaroo court. But, uh, hey, more power to them. I know in the end, justice will prevail. They just need to hold on, honeys. And they just need to, they just need to do what they've been doing, which is just, they know truth and, and just is on their side. And that's just the way it's going to be, ladies and gentlemen. Now, real quick, before we get into this story on Arizona, Bubbles over there in the chat room is asking, who are the rhinos in Texas, Mr. C? Well, Miss, Miss or Mr. Bubbles, um, I got to say, go and look at, go and look at the decertification slash election integrity new constitution that Senator Wendy Rogers of Arizona has been having our state and federal representatives sign. There are six Texas representatives and senators on that bill. Those are the six that are not rhinos. Do you follow my drift there? Everyone else is a rhino, okay? We're talking John Cornyn, and, you know, I, I, I hesitate to say Senator Cruz because the man has done a good job, but the man's from Canada, okay? His, his spurs don't jingle, 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 okay? And I've had a lot of people come after me for saying that. But even Louis Gohmert, okay, has been absent on key legislation. Now, I'm talking about legislation that you want a tried and true MAGA patriot, save America, America first patriot to be present and accounted for. And Ken Paxton is reaming him in the AG contest because Louis Gohmert has a voting record of being not present on key conservative issues. Rhinos. Okay, you know what? Just for that, because there are so many rhinos in the state of Texas, Bubbles. There are so many rhinos. And the people of Texas have been so bamboozled by our state legislature. They deserve this. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's rhino hunting season. Okay. I just love that. Okay. Anyways, it makes my heart smile because the rhinos are so cute, but not the ones in our state government. Period. All right, guys. All right, guys. Okay. Let's talk about Doug Logan. Why do we have Doug Logan, the CEO of uh, Cyber Ninjas on the screen? Well, it's just a quick update. It's it's nothing it's nothing heavy or long at all, but apparently Doug Logan had a few words with the Gateway pundit. And in this exchange of conversation between the Gateway pundit and Doug Logan, some interesting facts and truths came out and were laid bare on the table. And those facts and truths had to do with the Arizona Forensic Audit, Attorney General Mark Burnovich, and future litigation and prosecution. Now, according to the Gateway Pundit, Doug Logan said unto them, the Attorney General appears to be doing a thorough investigation. So, ladies and gentlemen, just like John Durham, 
we thought that uh, we thought that A.G. Brnovich was over there in the Caribbean Isles with John Durham and the B-2 bomber, Belugawell, Big Boobies, Billy, Billiam Barr, right? We thought all three of them were hanging out. We we're like, John Durham ain't doing nothing. Mark Brnovich ain't doing nothing. Like, they're just like, you know, practicing nunchucks, going hunting and drinking Mai Tais on the beachfront, right? Well, according to Doug Logan of Cyber Ninjas, he says the attorney general appears to be doing doing a thorough investigation. I've talked with them twice, and I'm aware of quite a few other people they've reached out to and have interviewed. Last time I spoke with them, they indicated that they were starting to wrap up the investigation and we should have the results relatively soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Logan told us that his last meeting with investigators was on January 28th. And by us, I mean the Gateway Pundit. I mean, yes, the Gateway Pundit is run by twins and at least half of them are gay, but it doesn't include me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyways, and it says he spoke with special agent Roger Geisler and multiple other agents. So, ladies and gentlemen, let it be said and let it be known A.G. Brnovich is doing something. Now, Sonny Borelli confirmed this about three weeks ago. It does one's heart well to know that an independent cooperation by the likes of Doug Logan out of Florida and Cyber Ninjas can also vouch for the fact that A.G. Brnovich is on the case and he's not just hibernating like the sleeping bear that we often call him here at the Slee Report. So, uh... I just thought you guys might want to know that uh, just to just to just, you know, keep the fire burning underneath you guys. So there's that update in regards to uh, litigation and also, uh, you know, prosecution from A.G. Brnovich in regards to the forensic audit. We'll just have to wait and see. I can tell you right now, Arizona is the, the number one spot. Arizona is in the number one spot to uh, to decertify before. The other states. Now, you know, Wisconsin was number one for a few weeks. But uh, right now I would put it at Arizona, Wisconsin. And then it's a toss up between uh, Pennsylvania and Georgia for me, at least. Because after all, Georgia has so much evidence of fraud. They really they could have decertified any time. <laughs> Georgia did not even need an audit. They could have decertified at any time. Ladies and gentlemen, there was so much evidence of fraud and corruption and malfeasance. Well, malfeasance is intent of mal, mal, uh, uh, mal, mal, what is the word? When, whenever you're a uh, malmanagement, mismanagement, severe mismanagement, I think is what that uh, memo said from, uh, from uh, Rat Bradford Raffensberger's little boy on the streets. But anyways, that's not neither here nor there. Garland Favorito is doing a fabulous job with Voter GA. Uh, we're going to try and run some of his conf conferences, press conferences here on our channel over at Rumble sometime soon just to archive because this is history, guys. And, and sometimes that history gets wiped out, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, we got another story coming out of Arizona, ladies and gentlemen. I think you guys might be interested in how about we uh, shift gears into the secretaries of snakes ladies and gentlemen you guys know the secretaries of snakes are near and dear to my heart because without our ability to vote without actually voting without secure elections 
our freedom is literally gone, okay? Because our vote is representative and symbolic of our freedom. It's not just our voice. It's not just our choice. It is literally our liberty, freedom, pursuit of happiness and sovereignty, okay? Without our vote, we're lost, ladies and gentlemen. Without our vote, we got nothing, all right? So with that said... Let's talk about the Secretaries of Snakes, because the SOS office, which is typically it's considered the third highest office in the state. And it is the office that is number one in election regulation, security, oversight, accountability, etc. Well, Arizona's had quite some time with their Secretary of Snakes, which is otherwise known as Katie Schnobbs. Well, you know, Katie Hobbs is her name. Um, over here at the Sea Report, we, uh, we've, we've, we've dubbed her as Katie Schnobbs. If you're talking to someone like Sonny Borelli, he calls her Katie Hobgoblin. But I, I mean, Katie Schnobbs, when you hear this woman's voice, Katie Schnobbs, I think you'll see that Katie Schnobbs fits better than Katie Hobgoblin. So Senator Borelli, take some notes because Katie Schnobbs sounds like a freaking schnob, okay? And, and let's see, uh, what do we got here? Oh, there's the woman herself. <laughs> Okay, guys, so now when we're talking about people like Katie Schnobbs, I gotta say, guys, I gotta say, the camera is such a wonderful thing, and I don't do this on purpose, although admittedly I do, okay? It's just that with Katie Schnobbs, this is so easy. So if you are a member of our podcast, and you are in the audience at the podcast, I will say, you will not get the full effect of the next rest of this report unless you watch the live stream. Go over to thecreport.com to find out a live stream to watch the replay on, because we got some stuff going on here now. Here's Katie Schnobbs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the camera does her no favors. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to be mean. I don't mean to be mean. I don't. I'm not making fun. Let's let's just get a better picture of Katie Schnobbs on the screen. Oh, <laughs> do you think that's any better? Okay, Katie, come on, girl. Like you know, we don't need to deal with that short butch lesbian hair there. But uh, okay, 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 okay. We'll come down here. We'll come down here. Katie, we're sorry. We know that the camera loves you more than that. There we go. Okay. <laughs> All right, Katie. All right, Katie. That's the best that we can do. Okay. That's the best that we can do. I told you the swamp creatures were coming, WC Cranop. The swamp creatures were coming. You're going to see some swamp creatures and you're going to see some vampires in the next 20 to 30 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, mark my words, this ain't over yet. Okay, so why do we have Katie Schnobs on the screen? Okay, let's just say here's the reason. Katie Schnobs is running for governor. In the state of Arizona, like this woman, after all of the election fraud that she's done, after all of the stumping for fraudulent electoral practices, after promoting the big lie, and the big lie, mark my words, is there's no such thing as election fraud. The 2020 election was the most secure election. And that's the way she sounds. Senator Borelli, that's why we don't call her Katie Hobgoblin. No, Jenna Griswold over in Colorado, that's a Hobgoblin. This is Katie Schnobbs because she's like, 
There's no such thing as election fraud. It's the big lie. They're promoting the big lie. That's the big lie. That's what happened. It's a fraud. It. That's why we call her Katie Schnobs. Because when I first looked in the face of Katie Schnobs, many a moon ago, without even knowing this one from Jack, I was like, she looks like a bleeding heart SJW lesbian butch queen, okay? And she probably has, like, a nasally pinched up little voice. And she's probably like, we do everything for the people of Arizona. And when I'm governor, blah, 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 blah. Well, Katie Schnobs is exactly that. No, 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 WC Cranop. If you want to see bulimia, wait till we get to our next story, sir, okay? <laughs> Bubble says, is that a he? <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty strong jawline, if you ask me. But, okay, so Katie Schnobs, ladies and gentlemen, Katie Schnobs, she's still stumping for fraudulent elections and election practices. She's still promoting the big lie, which is the 2020 election was the most secure and fair election in the history of the United States of America. And she is still crying for private funding of elections. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Katie Schnobs. If you don't believe me, and if you don't believe when I say this woman has the most nasally SJW voice in the world, oh, wait and see, ladies and gentlemen, we're not done yet. But before we get to that, let's not forget this instance. Now, we're not going to read this article in its entirety, but I thought I would provide some of you some ammo against Katie Schnobs in case you get one of those like, ah, I hate Trump. There's no such thing as election fraud and Trump's a liar and a racist. And they happen to be in Arizona. And they happen to be for Katie Schnobs because she's a lesbian and she tried to force the public library to don the flag of LGBT rainbow. Okay? Like, she got sued for that also. <laughs> she also got sued for this. The woman's a damn racist. Okay? Arizona Senate staffer who was discriminated against by former boss Katie Schnobs wins the lawsuit. Do you guys remember? We've shared this story before. This is old news, but I just wanted to remind you guys so you could reload your guns. Okay, so real quick, this article says... Uh, this week, Talanya Adams prevailed in federal court against the Arizona Senate for the second time. And while most of the attention has rightly focused on the former legislative policy advisor's tribulations, some observers are finding the lack of comment by Adam's former boss and the current secretary of state, who is now running for governor, Katie Schnobs, concerning. On Wednesday, the federal jury's unanimous verdicts were announced in favor of Adams on claims of retaliatory firing and racial discrimination. The verdicts came with an award for Adams of $2.75 million in damages. Although a federal judge will reduce the award due to a law capping damages in federal discrimination lawsuits. Is that not crazy, ladies and gentlemen? In other words, this woman, Katie Schnobs, was found guilty. And the people of Arizona forced to pay whatever the discriminatory cap is for this legislation. Obviously, the people of Arizona are not going to have to pay $2.75 million, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, because of her retaliatory discriminatory action, which the defendant won twice. Katie Schnobs is making the people of Arizona pay. Do you think she's going to be a good governor? 
if she can't even help but not to run her mouth. Oh, wait, ladies and gentlemen, there is more. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Katie, why are you going to go off and show your lesbian Sonic the Hedgehog spike hair right now? Girl, don't you know that haircut is so 1996? Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, there we go. That's a little bit better. That That is, that is, that is... Uh, amphetamine-driven, lost-weight Katie Hobbs, the lesbian, okay? <laughs> you know that Katie Hobbs gets together with Wretched Gretchen Whitmer and Dana Nacelle and Jocelyn Benson, and they all have, like, a scissor four-way on the weekends, in the, uh, in, and they're hosted by Jenna Griswold in Colorado, and they're all high on amphetamines. I... I <laughs> I'm just speculating. I am not stating this as a fact. Okay, disclaimer alert. You can't sue me. I This is parody, Katie. It's parody that you and Jenna and, and Jocelyn and Whitmer and Dana Nacelle all get together and have a five-way scissor in the uh, mountains of Aspen. Okay, I'm just... <laughs> Okay, let's, okay, let me get, <laughs> let me get off of this. Okay, here's a, here's a real quick, okay. This is a report from MSDNC about Katie Schnams talking about how voters, um, that, yeah, the big lie. Okay, you guys think I'm, do you guys think I am jesting and making fun? When I said the first time I looked at the face of this secretary of snakes, okay, she is a George Soros, George Soros hack, okay, Soros funded her campaign, just like he funded Jenna Greswald out of Colorado, just like he funded uh, Jocelyn Benson out of um, Michigan, just like he funded little Bradford Raffensperger out of Georgia, okay, he's all over the place. All right, he even funded Dana Nacelle, AG, over there in uh, Michigan. Okay, now, when I first saw Katie Schnapps, I knew she had a whiny little SJW lesbian voice. Okay, okay. All right, well, guys, I ain't lying to you. And because you guys don't believe me, you're going to have to watch this news report, okay? Because you think I'm just making fun, all right? Because you think I don't got the sauce, all right? Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, stay tuned now because we got some Katie Hobbs coming at you. Uh, she's here on MSDNC, okay? And uh, and she's going to be talking about uh, how they deserve more, more election funds from private organizations. And she's going to be talking about how her life is so endangered because she's doing unconstitutional things that just so happen to be pissing off Americans. But yet, she's the victim, Americans believe that democracy was in crisis and at risk of failing. Joining us now is Arizona Secretary of State Kitty Hobbs, who's also now running for governor there. Kim Atkins' store is still with us. Madam Secretary, we've been talking to you since it all started, since the days after the 2020 election. What has changed? What has gotten better? What has gotten worse? Well, I think we've gotten certainly better at responding to the misinformation, but I still see it as one of the biggest threats to our democracy. Uh, we are working in coordination with secretaries of state across the country uh, on the Trusted Info campaign to ensure that folks are getting their election-related information from trusted sources. But as you're well aware, a lot of the misinformation actually targets those trusted sources and tells people not to trust them. So it is really a constant battle. Uh, and um, it's it's increasingly difficult to combat. 
Madam Secretary, the idea that the people, pur the purveyors of disinformation are running to have jobs like yours really feels like the scariest escalation from the big lie adherents. What would happen? Or what would have happened in Arizona if a big lie adherent had been in charge of Arizona's elections? Well, I think one of the safeguards that we have is that uh, there's several safeguards. Elections are highly decentralized, and so they're administered largely at the local level, not the state level, certainly not the national level. Uh, but also, we have checks and balances on the process. Counties certif certify the canvas results. The state certifies the compiled results, um, and that involves not just one elected official, but myself, the governor, the attorney general. So there's checks and balances. And what we're at risk of losing is some of those checks and balances. I mean, we have an actual insurrectionist running for secretary of state here in Arizona who has said if he was secretary of state that Trump would still be president, you know, with absolutely no basis for that for that assertion. Uh, but it, it clarifies how important all of these offices are and that de democracy is on the ballot in 2022 at every level. It's part of why I'm running for governor, to help ensure that we still have those checks and balances. And I hope folks will join me at katiehobbs.org. Do you feel, I mean, we cover all the fervor on the um, sort of disinformation side on the right. That's where all the heat is in the Republican base. That's why they act as crazy as they do and as loyal to Trump. Is there a, an equal intensity around the pro-democracy, pro-truth side? Um, I, I think there is. I think that folks I talk to certainly are aware of what's at stake um, in this upcoming election and um, and further down the road, and are certainly um, continuing to mobilize to fight the misinformation, to fight the attacks uh, from the other side, and to help protect our democracy and the future of free, fair and free elections in our country. You know, Kim, we've been talking to, to Secretary Hobbs, we've been talking to Secretary um, Benson and others who've been on the front line who have seen the tactics of the um, sort of election deniers and, and the Trump base. And I wonder what you make of, of this sort of wild, wild west of someone ending up in one of these jobs who is not faithful to the rule of law, who is not rooted in the truth or not loyal to the votes of the constituents of their state. It seems like all bets are off if that comes to pass. It really does. I mean, it seems uh, evidence that those who are purveying the big lie and attempt it to do it from outside of the system uh, have realized that it would be a lot easier to do from inside the system. And so you have uh, officials like Secretary Hobbs that don't just have to fight the misinformation coming from outside, but from other people who are becoming uh, in these uh, local and state offices, uh, election officials themselves. And that leads to my question for uh, Secretary Hobbs is, does she have the resources that she needs. I mean, Democrats are asking for additional funding uh, to try to bolster, to give state officials the ability to make sure they have enough polling places, that they are able to uh, have the tools to keep people from being kicked off voting rolls and, and such, and ex actually expand access to voting in the way that um, coronavirus aid was done, did that in 2020. The money has dried up, but the likelihood of that getting past Republicans in Washington is slim. What do you need to be able to do your job and protect the elections in November? 
Well, certainly funding uh, is important, and we have consistently underfunded elections, both from the federal level and the state level. Um, and, you know, the CARES Act included a lot of money to help with the COVID-related expenses that would be added onto elections, but most of us saw it as a down payment. Um, and then there was private funding that was made available to help. And in Arizona, it helped tremendously with public education, ensuring that voters had access to the information and tools they needed to exercise their freedom to vote and do that safely. And now our legislature has tamped down on the ability for the use of private dollars to help fund elections. Um, certainly, we never rely on that as our first plan. But when elections are underfunded, we need resources to help voters vote. And, um, and now our hands are being tied there as well. What is the sort of, is there a helpline or a hotline? I mean, is there a, a nationalized effort to capture all of these requests and all of these needs? And, and does it extend to security? I mean, do you hear from local election officials who feel targeted by hateful voicemails or, or people that don't trust them or like them? What, what is happening on the ground, Madam Secretary? Yeah, I mean, I think we are continuing to see the the increased threat environment as something that election officials are concerned about. Uh, but but we're we're in constant communication with them about what their needs are. Uh, we coordinate on election security issues across the state uh, to ensure that those resources are there and that if we can provide assistance from our office. But um, but there is certainly heightened uh, scrutiny and threat on election workers and. We're concerned about the impact that might have on recruitment for those temporary workers that we need through the election season. I asked you this, I think, almost a year ago, whether you feel safe or whether you still face threats. And obviously, um, you've taken the whole experience and it's fueling your run for governor. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm curious if it just fortified you, if it's still part of the job, or if you feel like the audits is, as as they were, sort of added some credibility in some corners. Just, just take me inside what you confront as a candidate for governor there. I mean, kind of all of the above, right? I mean, certainly um, it, it does. It, I, I'm going to continue to do my job despite whatever threats or attacks come my way. Um, my office continues to be under sort of a barrage of attacks through whatever avenues are available to people through social media, through emails, voicemails. Um, and, and, we're, and we're soldiering on because that's the job that I was elected to do and oversee the office that, that does that. And we're going to continue. Um, it is one of the most daunting things about being in politics right now is just the, the level of, of attacks and harassment that, that we're subjected to. Um, but I'm going to keep doing my job and I'm going to keep working to uh, lead the state of Arizona. What a clown show. I'm sure you can all agree with me on that one. <laughs> oh, you know, it. Katie Hobbs. I told you guys, I told you exactly the way she talked. <laughs> Katie, okay. <laughs> I got this monster on the screen and I got Aurelius Locke self-inducing bulimia over here in the chat room. <laughs> Okay, I won't be mean. I won't be mean. She's like, I made it on TV, guys. 
I made it on TV, guys. We're gonna do it. We we're gonna st we're gonna resist the threats and we're gonna resist all the people that want to tar and feather us because we're doing things that the constituents don't want us to do. Oh God. Katie, the camera does not love you, girl. <laughs> the camera does not love you, Katie. It doesn't. That is total disinformation, Bubbles. It's total disinformation. Like, that entire conversation. Like, that's the kind of clip that you would see on, like, a mainstream media analysis news show, ladies and gentlemen. No doubt. Like, no doubt where there's just so much spin, lies, deceit, jargon, propaganda, and rhetoric just spewing out. And all that is geared towards is for the low information, apathetic citizen out there that just happens to tune in to MSDNC while they're getting their groove on because, uh, I, you know, I'm sure there's some leftists out there that put MSDNC on while they're getting their groove on, okay? <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, this makes me feel sexy, okay? <laughs> Okay, let's move on from that. Okay, let's move on from that. We're, we're going to move on from that because now you guys see this. And this is the woman who's running for governor. Like this woman who certified a fraudulent election and everybody knows it, thinks that she stands a chance against Carrie Lake. Come on, Katie Schnobs. Senator Borelli would say Katie Hobgoblin. Come on, like really, like you really think you stand a chance against Carrie Lake. Okay, now we all know that Carrie Lake has her battle scars and her skeletons in her closet. But there ain't no way this woman's going to beat Carrie Lake. She's probably going to be doing a perp walk before she gets the chance to run for governor. But that's not going to stop Katie Hobbs from putting on this mad Karen SJW face. You want to know why? Katie Hobbs has this mad Karen SJW face, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want to know why? Because a few months ago, Katie Hobbs had this press release that said something to the effect of, we're going to have to put the, uh, uh, we're going to have to put the uh, election candidate portal on hold for a few months so that no one can sign up for candidates to run for any office. And it's going to be down between the start of election season and the end of election season. Now, I, you know, that might not make a lot of sense to a bunch of people. But Katie Hobbs, as Secretary of State and as the uh, top office of election management, accountability, security, and uh, governing, knows what that means. And basically what it boils down to is when you have a candidate who's running for any office in election, they need to get a certain amount of signatures, okay? Now, Katie Hobbs said, well, this portal online where people can go and sign up for a candidate so they can run for office, we're going to shut that down, okay? And so when that happened, A.G. Brnovich sent out a notice and A.G. Brnovich was like, hey, Hobgoblin, if you do that, you're going against Arizona state law and statutes and we're going to sue you and we're going to we're going to hold you accountable. In other words, you will face justice if you shut down that portal. Look at this Karen SJW face. How do you think she took that? 
threat from A.G. Brnovich. Okay, A.G. Brnovich said, girl, if you do that, you go into jail. Do you think this Karen was just going to stand by and let an attorney general, the top law enforcement officer of the state of Arizona, tell her what's up? No, of course not. She's an SJW Karen. Look at the face. That's the face of a Karen right there. Katie Hobbs has sued A.G. Brnovich over this very threat. Let's take a look at the article, ladies and gentlemen, because I know it'll tickle your fancy. This article comes from Kentucky Today, and it says, Arizona election chief Katie Hobbs sues A.G. Attorney General over prosecution threat. Okay, he sent her a letter saying, cease and desist, Katie Hobbs. And she sued him. She was like, I will sue the bitch because I am Katie Hobbs, SJW activist, Secretary of State for Arizona, who was funded by George Soros and gets together with Jenna Griswold and wretched Gretchen Whitmer and Dana Nacelle and Jocelyn Benson and sometimes Bradford Raffensperger for a six-way uh, scissor. Okay, now the article goes like this. Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs is suing Attorney General Mark Brnovich after he threatened to prosecute her if she temporarily shut down an online system that allows election candidates to collect qualifying signatures for the ballot. You know why she did that? Because she knew very damn well that there is going to be a massive redder than red wave. A wave so red and so big it'd be a tsunami compared to 2020. Okay, she knew it was coming and she knew that the candidate that would be riding the crest of that wave is Carrie Lake. And she's scared, ladies and gentlemen, because she knows if she's defeated, she is going to jail. Okay, article continues. There's Katie Schnobbs. There is the erstwhile sleeping bear known as A.G. Brnovich, the nunchuck slayer. Okay. It says here, Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs is suing Attorney General Mark Brnovich after he threatened. She's like, you threatened me. I'm going to sue you. (laughs) Karen. Okay, we'll call her Karen Hobbs. Okay, is suing Attorney General Mark Brnovich after he threatened to prosecute her if she temporarily shuts down for a required update to an online system that allows election candidates to collect the signatures they need to qualify for the ballot. Now, if any of you guys remember when we first shared this story months ago, okay, A.G. Bernovich said, we will sue you if you shut this down because this violates Arizona state law and electoral statutes. What you need to do, Katie Hobbs, is if you're going to shut this down for a mandatory update, you need to create an alternative portal that will allow people to sign up for their candidates. Because this portal, she wants to shut down for the entire process of signature collections. Come on, Katie. We're not stupid, okay? And that's that's pretty reasonable. If you're going to shut... I mean, first of all, as the head of elections in the state of Arizona, as a secretary of state, Katie, maybe you should have planned this better. Maybe, knowing that you have elections coming up, you should have tried to get this portal update probably before the window of signatures 
Okay, so I think it's rather reasonable as someone who is a Secretary of State to believe that she should know that if there is a mandatory window per state law and electoral statute for people to sign up in this portal, and it's the only way they can do it, there's no other way they can do it, okay, that they should either have an alternate portal or they should have the update maintenance happen prior to or after that session is complete. This is common sense. This is coming from a layman. In fact, this is coming from A.G. Bernovich recommended, okay, in the lawsuit that we read months ago here at the Sea Report. Anyways, Katie, I don't know how you think you're going to be governor. Okay, so uh, the uh, article continues. The suit announced by the state's top election official and Democrat candidate for governor on Tuesday says Brnovich is pursuing... Wait is pursuing unfounded and unprecedented enforcement action against the secretary and threatening the secretary with criminal prosecution for performing her duties as the state's chief collections officer. In other words, she's saying A.G. Brnovich is stepping out of his lane and telling me how to do my job better than what I'm doing. A.G. Brnovich could apparently be a better SOS than freaking Katie Hobbs, according to this, because this woman cannot even calendar the right activities to coincide with state legislation, statute, and law. I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, okay, so Hobbs wants a judge to issue an injunction prohibiting the Republican Attorney General from investigating or prosecuting her. It's disappointing that the Secretary of State tries to politicize every issue, Bernovich spokesperson Katie Connor said in a statement, she seems more concerned with avoiding the blame than fixing the problem. The suit is the latest dust up between the two elected officials and political rivals over the state's election systems. They previously faced off over the elections manual Hobbs is required to update every two years, but that Bernovich refused to approve. Bernovich, who is running in the GOP primary for U.S. Senate, launched the latest volley last month. He had one of his assistant attorney generals send Hobbs a letter telling her that she could face criminal prosecution if the equal system is taken offline as planned early next month. Candidates must collect a certain number of signatures from voters in order to make the ballot, and most are collected using the online system. The letter from Jennifer Wright warned Hobbs General Counsel that the secretary is required to maintain an online system and allowing it to be taken down during an election cycle would violate the law and could lead to felony or misdemeanor charges. But Hobbs' lawsuit said she is only doing what is required to update the system with the new congressional and legislative district mapping data that comes after the once-a-decade redistricting process. The state's Independent Redistricting Commission has drawn new district lines and county election officials need to update their systems so voters cast ballot in the correct district. That involves the equal system, which only allows a voter to sign for a candidate in their district. Oh, my bad, guys. <laughs> I didn't know you guys were watching me. Okay. The old district. 
goodness, I'm so embarrassed. The old districts are being used now by candidates under a law passed by the legislature last year. Hobbs was the subject of threats from backers of former President Donald Trump after she and Republican Governor Doug Ducey certified that Trump had in Arizona to President O'Biden. Uh, she tweeted Tuesday that she won't sit idly by while our attorney general now joins in with baseless threats to arrest election officials. Katie Hobbs, ladies and gentlemen, Katie Hobbs. <laughs> this woman is so whack, ladies and gentlemen. She is so whack. It's not even funny, okay? I hope the people of Arizona who are in the audience today are getting at least a little shining to their funny bone because otherwise, this woman ain't nothing but trouble. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> which brings us to another woman of trouble. <laughs> it's not over yet, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Aurelius, you wanted to see the other member of the Scissor Club? <laughs> Speaking of vampires, we talking about vampires with Hillary Clinton and, uh, and the likes? Well, let me introduce you. To the love child of Bat Boy and methamphetamines, okay? <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, would be one Jenna Griswold. Now, to be sure, we are not done just yet on the path of the George Soros-backed secretaries of snakes, ladies and gentlemen. Because while people might think the governor and the lieutenant governor and the chair of any political party might be the most important offices in any state, I will contend, ladies and gentlemen, that the secretary of state, at least in 49 of the 50 states in this union, are of the most important office in any state legislative body. And that is because they are the gatekeepers to secure fair and integritous elections that uphold the security and expectations and sovereignty that the people of this nation and of each respective state have come to expect. Most unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, individuals like the crooked George Soros, who has done everything to undermine our elections and the sovereignty of this nation and other nations has employed a method to uh, subvert the office of the Secretary of State into conforming to his standard of um, treasonous regulation. Okay. Very, very dangerous. Okay. Now, he got Katie Hobbs in. He got Jocelyn Benson in Michigan in. He got, uh, he got that woman over there in New Mexico in. And he got Jenna Griswold in as well, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, let me just say, too many night games. <laughs> okay, you want to talk about a vampire? 
You want to talk about someone who's going to suck the blood out of the, or suck the lives out of the children of Salem? Do you want to talk about someone who's either uh, perpetually high on Adderall or methamphetamines? Okay, we're talking about the Secretary of State of Colorado, Jenna Griswold. Ladies and gentlemen, and that is one of my number one shticks here. You want to talk about election integrity and uncovering election fraud and fighting for the security of our elections as it is symbolically, representatively, and every other way directly connected to the sovereignty, freedom, liberty, and the rebuilding of the republic of this nation. It's going to be in your vote, okay? That's my number one shtick, all right? Number two shtick is talking about the secretaries of state, all right? And we're, we, we show you the bad guys here constantly on the C-Report. We show you the good guys. In fact, we're going to have some more good guys coming up on the show very soon, ladies and gentlemen, live and in the flesh, okay? But let's talk about Secretary of State Jenna Griswold over there in Colorado. Now, for anyone who's been in my audience for any amount of months, weeks, years, days, for anyone who's been following the trail that I've been sniffing out on the secretaries of state. You know Jenna Griswold is one rotten to the core apple. Look at her, okay? The camera does her no more favors than the camera does favors for Katie Hobbs, case in point, okay? <laughs> I said she's a vampire, okay? <laughs> she's out there to suck out the life of the Republic and the Constitution. Ladies and gentlemen, this woman has no love for America. She has no love for her constituents. She has no love for life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, or the Republic of the Constitutional Country that is representative by our perfect union. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jenna Griswold, okay? She's a beast. She is totally demonic. You want to talk about someone that needs more sun? You want to talk about someone that, that, that oh God, I, you know, she got them child chompers too, ladies and gentlemen. Jenna Griswold is no friend of liberty or justice. She is totally opposed to it. Now, if you guys have been following the story of Jenna Griswold, you know this Secretary of State is among one of the most corrupt. She's right up there with Jocelyn Benson in Michigan. She's right up there with Bradford Raffensperger. Katie Hobbs wishes that she could be as effective and strong as Jenna Griswold and Bradford and Jocelyn, okay? Katie Hobbs is a level or two beneath snakes like these, all right? Jenna Griswold is a prima facie viper secretary of snake, like in the face, you know, she employs all methods in order to get George Soros's um, actions executed. Okay. Like this woman is in it to win it for the devil. Ladies and gentlemen, look at her. Just look at her. Does this woman look like she has had any holy ounce or bone in her body? Okay, let's not talk about the public appearance, the, 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 you know, you know. Okay, we'll try and back down from the personal appearance, ladies and gentlemen. We'll try and back down just a little bit. But we've got some stories to tell you about Jenna Griswold, okay? We've got some stories to tell you about this Secretary of Snakes. We've got some stories to tell you about election integrity in the state of Colorado, and it's about damn time. It's about damn time that we have other states besides Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia on the map. You know who else is on the map? New Hampshire's on the map. South Carolina's on the map. 
North Carolina's on the map. Colorado's on the map. Texas is on the map. Nevada's on the map. California's on the map. Oh, you didn't know? Well, maybe you should tune into the Sea Report more often and you would know, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so let's talk about Colorado. What's going on in Colorado? Why do we have this vampire demon child on? This is a demon child, guys. She is a millennial demon child, okay? Demon child. Just look at her face. I don't need to say any more, okay? Let's talk about why she's on the screen. Why am I haranguing this wrench so badly? Ladies, other than the fact that she is an enemy of liberty, why am I haranguing this wrench so badly? Well, we all know that Jenna Griswold has done everything to subvert election integrity in her state. We all know that she certified a fraudulent election in the state of Colorado. What we also know, ladies and gentlemen, is that she has actively persecuted citizens of her state that have tried to bring election integrity to the forefront. Who am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about, in prime example, one county clerk of Mesa who is named Tina Peters. Now, Tina Peters, if you recall, was the guest county clerk who attended Mike Lindell's cyber symposium in Wyoming or South Dakota back in what? Was it like September or August or something like that? And do you guys remember how Mike Lindell came out and he was like, you got to be here at 7 p.m. Tell all your friends, tell all your family. We got a story that's going to break the news. Like, you got to get them here. I'm Mike Lindell by my pillow. Okay, well, that was because Tina Peters, the county clerk of Mesa County in Colorado, on her way to the cyber symposium to discuss what was happening with her in regards to this monster known as Jenna Griswold, had her office and the office of one of her aides um, totally raided by the Colorado Police Department, the State Police, and the FBI. Now, why did that happen? Well, it appears that uh, Jenna Griswold authorized authorized for the erasure of election data from the election machines through a trust build exercise that totally. A violated Colorado state law and federal state law, which says that you must retain your election data for 22 months and in the state of Colorado, 25 months. Okay, but uh, Jenna Griswold here, the vampire demon child from hell who came from the loins of George Soros, had every one of her county clerks erase that data. Well, she had them participate in the trust build with, uh, who was it, ES&S or Dominion? Dominion's out of Colorado now, so it probably was Dominion, okay? She was like, you're going to get the trust build exercise. They're going to replace your battery. And uh, little do they know, dun, dun, dun. It's going to erase all that election data. Now, Tina Peters, the county clerk of Mesa County, was like, well, that's against election laws. So I'm not going to do it. And then she gets a letter that's threatening from Jenna Griswold and her office. So Tina Peters decides to make a digital copy of that data before it is erased. And that is where the drama begins. Okay. Flash forward to February of 2022. And it appears that this demon bat child is... Oh my god. 
I was not expecting that one. God, come on, Jenna. You almost gave me a heart attack over here. Look at those eyes, y'all. She's either high on Adderall, cocaine, or methamphetamines. I'm just saying. Okay, I'm not judging. I'm just speculating. All right, let's get to this article here. This article comes out of, ladies and gentlemen, the Gateway Pundit. And it saith, Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold is being sued for not legally certifying 2020 election, illegally destroying records, and creating laws specifying only certain unknown individuals can audit voting machines. What's that all about? Okay, let's see what they got to say. It says here, an election audit in Colorado between a citizen and Colorado's Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, was filed in November. The case requests as relief a full independent forensic audit of the voting systems in Colorado. Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold was sued over the destruction of election records, failure to properly test voting equipment, and obstruction of independent election audits. The relief sought in this case is a full independent forensic audit of Colorado voting systems and the 2020 election in Colorado. In the filing to the case, Hanks asserts the following. Wherefore, on their first claim for relief, plaintiffs pray that this honorable court enter judgment declaring that defendant violated CRS statutes 15608.5 by failing to have Colorado voting systems tested by a federally accredited laboratory before the 2020 election. Plaintiffs pray that the court enter judgment that an independent forensic audit is unnecessary is necessary to determine whether the voting systems meet legal standards and whether the systems accurately recorded the votes of the people of Colorado in the 2020 election. Plaintiffs pray that the court order the defendant to pay the costs of such audit because of the importance of this case to the voters of Colorado. Plaintiffs pray for advancement on the docket and accelerated discovery pursuant to CRCP 57. Plaintiffs pray for an award of costs, expert witness fees, reasonable attorney fees, and all other appropriate relief. In this portion of the case, Hanks argues that the voting machines in Colorado were not properly, pro properly certified by certified auditors per state law. The same situation occurred in Arizona. The Gateway Pundit reported that the auditors in Arizona had not been properly certified prior to the 2020 election, therefore nullifying any certifications they made before the 2020 election. Now, here's the scoop, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the scoop. And as we go through this case of election integrity and fraud in Colorado, I want you guys to keep this in mind. This case easily applies to all 50 states, okay? When we're talking about the actions of the Secretary of the State, when we're talking about the actions that underwent through the entire election process, and most importantly, when we're talking about the response that the local media 
gives to these cases, okay? Most importantly, the local legacy media. Let's not forget about them. Now, the Gateway Pundit, as I have shared with you all before, reported that the election equipment and the certified auditors that the government through e, uh, through the uh, election um, election commission assistant committee the EAC the two people that they pick which is SLNS and ProVND or ESNL and ProVND they were not certified guys now what have i been saying for the last i don't know 4 or 5 months that those machines were not certified, that the, the organizations who are certified to certify were not certified. The Gateway Pundit broke this story over a year ago. Other, other, other content creators who know about this have been reporting this for over a year. And you probably never heard it. <laughs> Unless you're listening to my show or their show. This is a big deal. What have I been saying? Okay. I have been saying that every single state in this nation. Now, this this article out of Colorado says Colorado was not certified and Arizona was not certified. But the lie of omission right here, ladies and gentlemen, is that this is the case for every state in this union for the 2020 election. Every state in this union, there was no valid certification until after the 2020 election, which means not just in Colorado and not just in Arizona, but in every state in this union, the elections were illegal and invalid because they lacked the certification at the federal level and at the state level, which means every contest in 2020 is null and void. And it seems not to reach anyone. It seems not to, no one, see, it doesn't seem to go through the head there. Like we're, we're telling, there's like two or three people, myself and two other people who are sharing this information. Myself, the Gateway Pundit, and one other person that I know of, two other people that I know of are sharing this information with you. No one else has got the green light to talk about this. You know, you will not hear about this on any other platform, but two or three other people besides myself. No one has the green light, and I wonder why. Why can't you talk about this? The Gateway Pundit reported this, the Epoch Times. The Gateway, Repundit, the, the Gateway Pundit reported this, Breitbart. The Gateway Pundit reported this, Just the News. Why is no one talking about this but myself and two other people? Why is no one else on this damn platform talking about the fact that they should not be certain? These elections are null and void. And you know what? That's the easy route. What this means is that all of the elections from 2020 are null and void and everything automatically reverts back to the 2016 competition, which means we wouldn't even be in this situation if we knew what the fuck... If we knew what we were doing, okay, if we knew what we were doing and we were doing the proper litigation and we were holding the feet to the fire and we weren't just sitting around complacent in our comfy bunkers, we would be out there doing something if we understood it. It's frustrating. You want to talk about people feigning frustration over Biden having poopy pants and over COVID-19 and I'm frustrated over these elections knowing that this election was totally invalid as of the election day because 
because the systems, it's the easiest way out. It's the easiest way to get out from under the grasp. It's a technicality that they overlooked that none of these machines and none of these vendors were certified before the election and they did not get certification until after the election and yet nobody seems to be saying a damn thing about it. It is frustrating, but I have my good sense of humor here, guys. And you know what? Some people have to be uh, showed they can't be told, so we're just going to go along with it, right? We're just going to go along with it because, uh, well, that's basically all I got to say. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, I have had three cups of coffee, okay? (laughs) I've had three cups of coffee, but I'm just letting you know. Why is it that only three content creators that I know of are talking about this? When they want to change the system so much, when they want to be winners, when they want to win, 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 but they can't even zero in on the most easiest technicality that is in the face that none of this was certified and all they have to do is fill out a quo warranto and represent their district or represent any elected office that's going to be replaced because uh they need to fill these uh these these space i mean it's so easy there's enough of us out there so active and so involved that we could have done this three months ago okay we could have done this when the the gateway pundit reported on this over a year ago, okay? But we're so lost in the conversation of feeling so self-important that we can't even share this information and do something about it. Fraudulent, fake, fake, fake is what I say. When this type of information that is so easy on a technical level is staring you in the face and you call yourself a goddamn patriot and this shit's right here, It's like right in your face. It's like it's a technicality that would totally dismantle every single thing that they have been trying to do, okay? And all we have to do is report on it, share the information, and maybe give everyone the steps on what to take. But not a single person can do it, okay? We've been reporting on this for over six months to a year here at the Sea Report. Frustrating. But I love you all. Back to the article. The second point that Hanks makes is that the Secretary of State destroyed election records. Hanks states, Forensic examination found that election records, including data described in the Federal Elections Commission's 2002 voting system standards, mandated by Colorado law as certification requirements for Colorado voting systems, have been destroyed on Mesa County's voting system by the system vendor and the Colorado Secretary of State's office, because similar system modifications were reportedly performed upon county election servers across the state. It is possible, if not likely, that such data destruction and violation of state and federal law has occurred in numerous other counties. The third point from Hank is that a recent law that Griswold put into place, despite unanimous pushback, prevents independent election audits. If this is allowed to stay, there will never be independent, adequate, and honest election audits in Colorado. And that's what they're fighting right now, guys. Because this lack of certification just doesn't stick. An example of recent issues in the state where the machines should be audited is given in the case. It says, in the most recent election, November 2nd, 2021, the El Paso County Clerk's Office transmitted election data to defendants' website using an internet connection. As batches of votes were transmitted, the total votes counted increased on defendants' website by approximately 20%. 
This happened twice. The El Paso County Clerk telephoned defendant's office. Defendant's office was unaware that its website was showing inflated vote totals from El Paso County. Defendant's office and the El Paso County clerk agreed to manually decrease the vote totals that had been transmitted by the voting system. And let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Jenna Griswold was 100% backed by George Soros. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> I'm telling you, look at the face of this demon child, ladies and gentlemen. Soros back, Secretary of Snakes, the Viper herself, Jenna Griswold. She's a nasty girl, ladies and gentlemen. She is a nasty girl, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. This next story about Jenna Griswold, I'm just going to say, speaking easy, if you don't know if we're still on the C-Report, you have not been in the audience, okay? And you don't see this. I'm only ragging on speaking easy because he's my brother, so I can do that. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) He always speak. You always ask these questions like, uh, what does this have to do with child trafficking? What does Jenna Griswold have to do with the C report? I mean, hello, brother. (laughs) The sign's still right there, bro. Anyways, I can rag on him because he's my bro. And and, uh, he won't take he won't he won't feel a certain way about it. Right. Speak anyways. All right, bro. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Anyways, guys. Anyways, okay, let's talk about this next story. Okay, we're, we're still delving into the depths of this Soros Viper, Jenna Griswold. We've got to unseat this woman in California. I mean, California. We've got to unseat this woman in Colorado because, because we elected to take the hard way. This is what we got to do, okay? So, Jenna Griswold, the Secretary of Snakes in Colorado. Let's not forget... She has uh, politically persecuted county clerks that have uh, made image duplicates of the election uh, data that she erased illegally. Uh, she certified an illegal election, right? She, I mean, this woman is just a bad, rotten apple. And she just, the cameras do not like. Don't you go crying to speak uneasy. <laughs> The cameras do not like Jenna Griswold, but check this out, guys. There's this independent uh, citizen journalist blog that I've been following. Uh, It's called, uh, the name of the blog is... And guys, to, to my general audience, that little, that little, like, diva outburst I just had was not directed at you guys. It was directed at the content creators at large, okay? Because I'm just, I'm having my third cup of coffee, okay? I'm trying not to be a diva, okay? <laughs> but I'm just saying. Charlie Ward, like, why aren't you talking about this shit? Well, you know, like, <laughs> like, come on, boy. Anyways, okay, let me, let me just calm down. I, you know, I don't like to be that way. This is not Mr. C in the dark. It is midnight, and it is still the C report. 
we're almost done, guys. We only got like two more stories and we're done, okay? Thank you guys for hanging out with us so long. I don't normally do this, but this is episode 250. So I figured out, hey, why not hang out for a little bit longer than normal? And uh, I know you guys might have been wanting us to talk about Russia and Ukraine like everybody else. Uh, but we got we got a Russia-Ukraine story coming up, guys. And you know my analysis is as thorough as it can be. We don't just read headlines here and speculate, okay? We dig. All right, so uh, let me talk about this real quick. Uh, Jenna Griswold, um, it, as, it com- as it turns out, aside from political persecution and aside from certifying an illegal, uh, an illegal election and aside from destroying election evidence, that she might also be spying on constituents to take out anyone that's against her. And it comes from a blog I've been following by an independent journalist named, uh, the name of the blog is Ash, Ash in America. Okay. So this is from her blog. Let's take a look at it. She's, she's from Colorado. This woman has been on the case with Jenna Griswold, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the vampire demon child of George Soros, who is currently the secretary of state in Colorado. Headline reads, is Griswold illegally surveilling her constituents to neutralize dissent? Very interesting title, don't you think? It says, I recently learned that Secretary of State Jenna Griswold is monitoring me. At least it appears that way. Let me know what you guys think. It says, let me state first that I am a private citizen. I work a full-time job educate my children, and want nothing more than to be left alone to raise my family and enjoy our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness in Colorado. Like millions of others, I have a personal blog and exercise my First Amendment rights. I don't monetize my writing in any way. It's free to the world. That said, in October of 2019, God told me to no longer stay silent about the waste fraud, and abuse I was experiencing. My long, comfortable career in corporate America became immediately less comfortable. Over the years since then, I grew in boldness to speak the truth, and it became almost compulsory. Then came the stolen election. As I've said many times, On November 4th, 2020, God told me clearly, I am allowing people to reveal themselves. In the months that followed, he again told me to seek and speak the truth. And because I am privileged to have been born in America, I have the ability to obey him, at least on paper, for now. Which brings me to my current predicament. I heard it from a friend, who heard it from a friend, who heard it from another When Jenna Griswold released her press release about a third forensic image in Colorado, or a breach in her words, without any evidence of a breach, I learned with the rest of the world that Jenna Griswold's office became aware of the Douglas County clerk's actions from a telegram post. I had no idea that it was my telegram post. I discovered I was in JJ's (laughs) cross-gen... She calls Jenna Griswold JJ. I I discovered I was now in JJ's crosshairs through a Telegram channel, ironically, 
when someone shared that my post was entered as an exhibit in Secretary of State Jenna Griswold's orders to compel clerk Merlin Klotz on the matter. Okay, I got to say this, guys. I got, we're gonna, I got to say this. Okay, okay. Tina Peters was the first county clerk in the state of Colorado to come forward and she was in Mike Lindell's cyber symposium in South Dakota. And Mike Lindell was, tell your friends, you got to go. We got something going on here. La, 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 la. 7 p.m. Be here. La, la, la. Be here. Be square. Right. You know. And so Mike Lindell brought out Tina Peters. Right. And Tina Peters went on to describe that she had made a copy of the data that Jenna Griswold erased. And Jenna Griswold sent the FBI and local Colorado state officials to raid her office and raid the office of one of her aides, okay? And Peter, T Tina Peters looked totally like, she looked like she was totally like, like, like she'd seen a ghost. Because she was raided. Like, on the way to South Dakota, her office was raided. They totally... Tina Peters has been politically persecuted since that day. Now, Ash in... Uh, what's the name of this again? Ash in America reported that a second county clerk came out and said that he had made a copy of the data that was erased. And I said, wouldn't it be something if a whole bunch of other county clerks came out and said that they made a copy too? Because the speculation then was, if Tina Peters has persecuted I mean, if Jenna Greswold has persecuted Tina Peters for making a copy of that illegally erased election data, what is Jenna Griswold going to do when it comes out that multiple county clerks made copies of the data that she ordered erased? And now it has come out that a third county clerk in Colorado made copies of the data that Jenna Griswold ordered erased. Ladies and gentlemen, they're starting to back Jenna Griswold into a corner, okay? And this is an interesting article from an independent citizen journalist who apparently is under the scope of the Secretary of State. The Secretary of State who is funded by George Soros to do as he wants. Let's finish with this article here. Very. Who else is reporting on this stuff, guys? Okay, now it says here she had her... Uh, her Telegram channel was being spied on by Jenna Griswold in order to compel the third county clerk, Merlin Klotz, to come forward. Now, let's see here. I'm going to try and expand this for you guys. Okay, so we can see what this says. Whoopsies. It says here. Where are you at, Merlin Klotz? It says, uh, it says forwarded from Dan W. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't have to do that. We have the full text down here. We have the full text down here. Here's the full text. It says, this is the image I saw posted in Telegram. The full text of the post, which I forwarded on October 1, 2021, is below. It says, thank you for your concern regarding the trusted build process. I am equally concerned about this coordinated effort between the Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, and Dominion. Like the rest of the world, prior to Miss Tina Peters, Mesa County Clerk, exposing what was and what was not behind the SOS passwords in the form of log files. Now, if you guys remember, 
This is what Jenna Griswold used against Tina Peters. She said, Tina Peters released the passwords and, 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 and Mike Lindell during his cyber symposium was going to uh, legally uh, hack into the Colorado Secretary of State database for their elections. Okay, that's why Tina Peters, along with making a copy of that data, was raided. All right. Okay, so along with that, here we go. All right. This is this information also is mirrored in uh, in liberal magazines and news articles. So it's not like we're just uh, out here on a limb here. You can go raw dog yourself, raw dog. Okay. All right. Now it goes on here and says exposing what is what wasn't of these SOS passwords in the form of log files. She says I assumed trusted build was merely an update to newer programs. Now trusted build which went under many different names across the states where this, uh, uh, where this um, uh, election uh, uh, machine uh, company was involved. Okay, trusted build happened in Colorado, all right? In Michigan, it was called something else. Now, in Michigan, just as in Colorado, what they did is they had, uh, they had representatives of the election um, device or machine company come out and service the machines. Now, when they service the machines, they would erase the data. In Michigan, it was explicitly known that by replacing the battery, a trusted build exercise, it would erase the election data, which violates state law, which constitutional lawyer Matt DiPerno sent a cease and desist notice to every county clerk in Michigan saying, don't do it, which is why I say, and we'll talk about Michigan in an upcoming episode, because in Michigan, they have two county clerks that are running for the secretary of state position in opposition to Christina Caramo. And I just have to say, did those county clerks go along with that trusted build operation? Because if they did, then they should not be considered and they should not be trusted to vote for. Christina Cramo is the one that you want as a secretary of state in Michigan. Now, getting back here to Colorado, okay, you have these, um, you have these cl- county clerks that understand that if they go through with this trusted build uh, exercise that it's going to erase the data and it's going to be in violation of state law. It's going to be in violation of federal law. And in Colorado, you have to retain that data for 25 months. Federal law is 22 months. Okay. Period. It's in the books. It is a fact. You cannot make this up and claim something with nothing to back it up, ladies and gentlemen. It just, you know, uh, we ignore you, raw dog. Anyway, so after it says here, sorry, guys, I'm addressing a troll in Twitch. It says here, ladies and gentlemen, after my friend, Secretary of State Wayne Williams, selected Dominion as the sole election system provider for Colorado, I sued for an alternative. Accordingly, only Douglas and Garfield counties now use clear ballot election system. And we, as always, took a full image backup of our server before a trusted build was done this year. When I observed the dissection of log files at Lindell's symposium, my immediate action was the log files are election data without any PI. 
or indication of how any person voted that meet the criteria for Colorado Open Records Act's sharing with the public. The fact that our Secretary of State and Dominion has hidden log files behind secret passwords suggests that they have violated CORA, the CORA statute, perhaps criminal acts times the 59 counties where they conducted a Dominion trusted build. The fact that Dominion server log file images were routinely deleted during trusted build violates federal law requiring retention of election records for 22 months after an election perhaps is a criminal act times 59 counties where they conducted a Dominion trusted build. The fact that Dominion server log file images were routinely deleted during trusted build violates state law requiring retention of election records for 25 months after an election perhaps is a criminal act times 59 counties where they conducted a Dominion trusted build. I told you guys, Colorado state law requires that they retain their records for 25 months, longer than the federal statute, okay? The fact that the SOS and Dominion prevent by use of passwords the review of server log files, every clerk in the state prior to certification of any election should again suggest a criminal act times 59 counties. I immediately submitted the above comments to the Lindell legal team. And the very next day, the team began asking Colorado voters to demand copies of files of those files under Cora. Obviously, as long as the secretary of state retained the passwords, no county could comply. However, I am certain the Peters legal team will be using these points to go on the offensive against the Secretary of State, the demon child, otherwise known as Jenna Griswold. Last Friday, Miss Peters legal team, led by former Secretary of State Scott Gessler, submitted a report to the Mesa County Commissioners and filed the same with the court. You may read the report at this link. And I'm actually, I'm going to open that for myself. Anyways, it says, as you will note in this document, contrary to Dominion claims that they are not connected to the internet, Wi-Fi exchanges occurred, challenging Dominion credibility nationally. Yesterday, it was reported that the Secretary of State filed charges against Ms. Peters for stealing the password that hid the log files. Ms. Peters is a gold star mom of a Navy SEAL and as tough as her son. The outcome of this shootout between our Secretary of State and Ms. Peters will be up to the courts. Personally, I have troubles finding guilt in stealing a password to data that should be public information. Please visit douglasvotes.com to better understand the system in Douglas County and sign up at caucus to be an election judge and participate in the process. Thanks for your comments and interest. Merlin Clocks, Douglas Clerk and Recorder. That's three county clerks now. In the state of Colorado that have come forward, ladies and gentlemen, and this one is loaded with some ammunition. Maybe not a hollow point like Tina Peters has, but she's ready to fight. Okay. Now it says here, 
This is back to Ash in America's blog. Well, it wasn't really my Telegram post. It was a forwarded post from Dan W., a user that I do not know. I don't know what channel I forward that post from because it was October 1, 2021, and I post on Telegram way too many times a day. I don't always remember the things I write on Telegram, so something I forwarded four months ago didn't register. And yet, the Secretary of State knew, which is fascinating because my Telegram channel enjoys around 600 followers, and I think it was around 300 in October, if my memory serves. On February 10th, Secretary Griswold decided and declared that Clerk Klotz's image was in fact not a threat. I bet she wants the whole thing to just go away because she looks like a bumbling fool. But her declaration of a breach raises some very important questions that we are not going to let go until they are sufficiently answered. What strange hell is this? How exactly did the Secretary of State become aware of my Telegram post in the first place? Why did a post from October 2021 suddenly need a government order three months later? What kind of surveillance operation is Griswold running from her office in Denver? In July of 2021, when Griswold was lording her emergency powers over the people of as the ruling ring, I rejoined Twitter after more than a year. I joined with one purpose— to air my grievances with the Secretary of State that she was assuming powers she did not have under the Constitution in the public square. And indeed, that was the only thing I did in my short time on Twitter. I made it two full weeks. Twitter then suspended my account without a reason and without any way to address the suspension. Now, my Telegram post from four months ago ends up in Jenna's latest fabricated drama, Side note, Jenna Griswold is the textbook example of why we don't allow governments to assume emergency powers. If you allow government to assume emergency powers, pretty soon they'll find or fabricate an emergency to keep them, my precious. Does JJ follow me on social media? Is she monitoring all Colorado citizens or just the ones who petitioned their government for a redress of grievances? Is she only monitoring those free Colorado citizens that are critical of her tyranny? Does anyone know if I can Cora all the social media handles she uses across all platforms? How about the social media handles of all the staff? companies, and nonprofits she either pays or collaborates with to surveil U.S. citizens. It's a pretty big deal. The way I see it, given that I am a very small voice in a sea of potential targets, Jenna put me into her order, again, for a forwarded social media post. Because... She wants to neutralize my reporting. This raises some pretty interesting questions. First, I am a private citizen of Colorado exercising my First Amendment rights. I am a constituent of Secretary Griswold. Since I have been speaking out about the truth in our elections, I have been visited by the FBI, deplatformed on Twitter without reason, and now I learn that Griswold is monitoring my telegram. Does she do this with all constituents that criticize her disastrous policies and question her corruption, or am I special? Does she use taxpayer dollars for this possibly illegal surveillance? Then there comes the question of my reporting. 
There is no question that I enjoy the same First Amendment protections as CNN, the New York Times, Vox, or BuzzFeed. The courts have repeatedly ruled on this, as in the 2014 case in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, Obsidian Finance Group v. Crystal Cox. According to The Atlantic, this was a complicated case first decided in 2011. The court found that even though someone might not write for the institutional press, they are entitled to all the protections the Constitution grants journalists. Whether Secretary Griswold is coming at me as a private citizen or a journalist, and one of the few in Colorado who could rightly be accused of writing the truth, neither is a good look. But let's be honest. The real reason Jonestown Jenna is putting little old me in the midst of her pageantry is that she wants to intimidate and silence me and others like me. She is making an example, albeit poorly, this is her modus operandi. This is the same strategy she exhibited with Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters. What does a guilty Secretary of State look like? This is what it looks like when a speaker does not believe the words that are coming out of their mouth, out of their own mouth. Oh, I want to show this to you guys. Hold on. Now, at this point in Ash in America's blog... She says, this is what it looks like when a speaker does not believe the own words that are coming out of their own mouth. Here we go. Here we go. Here's Jenna Griswold. And here's an example of what it looks like when someone does not believe the words coming out of their own mouth. We know that the information was filmed during the trusted build on May 25th. And we know that that information was posted by an extreme conspiracy theorist last week. Gosh, this really doesn't want to play. All right. I mean, it wasn't too much longer. Did we get it all? Oh, I think we got it all. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that's what it looks like. She's like, I'm reading a script. I don't really believe what I'm saying. That's basically the long and short of it, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's get back to this article. <laughs> it's almost done with. We're almost to the end, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for hanging out tonight. It's been a fun one. Uh, thank you, WC Cranop, for gifting the phone. Yeah, caffeine, okay? And it's episode 250. It's a milestone, okay? You know, I mean, I do what I can. Anyhow, I mean, I know I'm not as good as other people, but I try. Okay. All right. President Trump would harangue me for saying that. Okay. President Trump would be like, Mr. C, never say that you're not as good as other people just because. Anyways. Okay. Let's see here. Um, Let's get back to this article. We're almost done with it. We're almost done, guys. The best is yet to come is all I got to say. The best is yet to come in the issue of Jenna Griswold and the Secretary of Snakes of Colorado. For those of you guys who can hang around to this and not look at things that are not there, here's something that is here, guys. Here's something that is here. Okay. All right. Let's see. We're almost there. We're almost there. Look, we're going all the ways to the bottom. Okay. Now it says... Now Jenna has at least two and maybe more clerks who backed up their elections records. A side note, why is Jenna so afraid of the clerks backing up their election records? What is in those records? Oh, right, evidence. Uh, 
Jenna is in overdrive to reclaim her narrative about the 2020 election. Today, Secretary Griswold announced that she is proceeding without a lawsuit against Elbert County Clerk and Recorder Dallas Schroeder. Okay, right? So Dallas Schroeder, Tina Peters, and who is the other one? Uh, County Clerk Schlotz or Klotz. That's three, three county clerks. Who's coming up next, right? It says, it means the Elbert County forensic images are the real deal. Jenna is threatened by the existence of another Colorado county having the means and ability to validate or otherwise the findings from Mesa County's county clerk, Tina Peters. Now, I don't know how many of you guys remember about Tina Peters, but ladies and gentlemen, they politically persecuted that lady up the wazoo, okay? We're not done yet, okay? This is a big deal, all right? Let's see who else is going to report on it. All right, okay, here we go. It says, and uh, Jenna Griswold is very likely going to deploy her flying monkeys against anyone who seeks to make that validation a reality, including yours truly, which is likely why I am suddenly making new appearances in the Colorado Commie Press Alliance, as I discussed in my previous article. In the bold and brave words of Belinda Kinsley, deputy clerk of Mesa County, they picked the wrong woman. Oh boy, did Jenna Griswold pick the wrong woman. Don't worry, readers. I am going to keep digging to find out if Secretary Griswold is surveilling all of you the way that she is surveilling me. I will report what I find in the meantime. Give Jenna Griswold a call and let her know what you think of her weaponizing her office and our tax dollars against her constituents. If you are in the Colorado area and Jenna Griswold is your vampire bat demon child overlord, dial 303-894-2200 and tell her to knock it off. She closes with this. Dear Jenna, In closing, this final message is directly for Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold and those who have formed an unholy communist alliance with her and her puppet masters. I am not afraid of you. As a law-abiding, tax-paying Coloradan, I am your boss. All the authority you can legally exercise comes from the sovereignty of the people of Colorado. I am obsessed with seeking and speaking the truth, and I will continue to exercise all my God-given rights that are protected under the United States Constitution. I walk through this world with the power of the Holy Spirit and the protection of angel armies, and God has commanded me not to be silent. You have no power Do your worst. Cheers. Ash. Ladies and gentlemen, we need more Americans like that in our world. Okay? And this is a citizen journalist. She's not a headline regurgitator for the Patriot team. That's some good stuff right there, guys. That's some good stuff. (laughs) Now let it be known... Jenna Griswold will get in your face, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this. Look at her. Look at her.
Look at Jenna Griswold. Look at her. Do you see this? Do you see this demon, vampire, child? Look at that. This woman is politically persecuting county clerks for retaining election data that she illegally erased federally and statutorily in their state, ladies and gentlemen. She will get in your face. She's done it to Tina Peters. She's doing it to Ash in America. She might do it to two other county clerks. This is a woman. This is a demon-possessed official. This is a communist who was found by George Soros and funded by the man to run the third most important office in her state, which by my opinion is probably the second, if not the first, most important office in any state. Because our vote, our elections are a thousand percent symbolic of our freedom. They are symbolic of our sovereignty. They are symbolic of our liberty. And without our sacred vote, we have no First Amendment. We have no Second Amendment. We have nothing. And that is a point I cannot stress enough, ladies and gentlemen. The coffee has kicked in. All right. So let's wrap up Colorado. We're approaching the end, ladies and gentlemen. We know that Jenna Greswald is a demon child vampire from the loins of George Soros, right? Enter Tina Peters, ladies and gentlemen. This is the cherry on top, ladies and gentlemen. This is why you guys waited so long to get to the end of today's C-Report. This is why I waited so long to get to the end of today's C-Report. Because this is just the icing on the cake. This is just the bubbles in the bath, ladies and gentlemen. What else can I say? Tina Peters, the embattled county clerk whose office was raided, who has been arrested, who has been demonized, who is a five-star mother, gold star mother, not five-star, I apologize, gold star. Tina Peters, the Mesa County clerk in this election integrity battle, in this battle to save the sovereignty of our republic by ways of our elections, has decided to run for secretary of state of Colorado. <laughs> and I just got chills up and down my body just saying that, ladies and gentlemen. Tina Peters is running for Secretary of State for Colorado. So let it be said, so let it be written, so let it be done, ladies and gentlemen. This is America winning. This is America standing up. This is the people not laying down to any type of persecution, okay? This is the real deal. This is the real deal, Holyfield, right here, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we need. This is an example okay, of what it means to be an American, ladies and gentlemen, someone who will stand up for what they know is right, who has integrity, and who will not relent, who will hold the line, who will go on the offensive, and who will say, you know what, Jenna Griswold, and George Soros, and the cabal, and the elitist transhumanist communist pig filth out there is, I am going to fight you to the last 
dying breath, and you will not take my state. You will not take my country. Tina Peters, ladies and gentlemen, this is the shining example of a true American hero, in my opinion. Okay? It's just my opinion. It's all I'm saying. But this woman has been through holy hell. And she is still going to run. Ladies and gentlemen, I nearly about fell off my chair when I read this article today. Who else is going to report on this story? Come on. All right. Let's get a news art. Let's get a news report in here now. As we move forward, we're about to wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. I swear we're almost done. Let's see how the Colorado local news is reporting on Tina Peters, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see, okay? Because they have done nothing but demonize. And we know for a fact that the local news is bought out and beholden to the shame stream, lame stream, legacy, fake news, propaganda, mockingbird media. They're really bad in Arizona. And they are really bad in Colorado. So let's see what they have to say. Focus on how they talk about and focus on the images that they show of Tina Peters. Just watch how they just watch how they portray her and know that they are doing everything in their power to ensure that this woman does not get elected. Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters remains in the spotlight after Peters announced today she is running for Secretary of State. The announcement comes days after her arrest in downtown Grand Junction. Peters turned herself in on charges of obstructing a peace officer and government operations. All this while Peters is involved in an alleged election security breach. Colorado needs a Secretary of State who will put people over political theater. I felt like I needed to stay in Mesa County and finish what I started there. And, um, but it is now important, more important to finish what we started for the whole state. Secretary of State Jenna Griswold, who is running again, responded saying, Clerk Peters compromised voting equipment trying to prove conspiracies and cost Mesa County over $1 million. I think our track records speak for themselves. I've been focused on uh, reaching across the aisle and making sure that every eligible voter has access to uh, free and fair elections. And Peter says she will not continue her earlier re-election plans for county clerk because in the state of Colorado, no person holding an elected position can at the same time hold another elective office. All right, guys. So that is, do you see, do you see the way that they put her? Do you see how they had that whole thing with her, uh, her hands behind her back and getting arrested? That's about on par with what you're going to see with the way that they treat these people, people who fight for election integrity, people who fight for the sovereignty of this country, people who fight to restore the republic, people who fight for our constitutional rights, people who fight for our God-given rights. Do you see the way they treat them? You guys know. You guys know. Y'all know very well. My audience knows. My audience is very well um, um, uh, learned about these types of situations. But Tina Peters is running for Secretary of State. Secretary of State is so important because it controls our elections, ladies and gentlemen. And we're not done with the story of the Secretaries of State here at the Sea Report. No one else is reporting on that. I'm not saying I'm the only one. But I guess no one else has the green light to talk about Secretaries of State and how important they are. Okay, is all I'm saying. Okay, I'm not fighting with anyone. But I'm just saying it's important. Okay, okay. 
All right. I mean, when I get when I get latched on to something, guys, before this, it was the Federal Reserve and the central banks. OK, I was like this with the central banks. I was like, why is no one talking about the central banks? Why is Alex Jones not talking about the central banks? Th these people have made debt slaves of us. Like I was like, I was attacking everyone. OK, so don't take it personal. All right. I'm attacking everyone who's not talking what I think is important. OK, I mean, truckers are important. COVID is important. All that's in election integrity. I talk about that ad nauseum. OK, but, you know. I just feel like sometimes I can't be the only voice that's sharing these stories. And yet I feel like I am. Anyways, okay, I'm not trying to make it personal for myself either, guys, but uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Okay, let's talk Tina Peters and we'll wrap it up for tonight, guys, because this is great. She's running for Secretary of State. She needs to have support. This woman has withstood the political persecution and she is still pressing forward. Dang, that's a tough cookie right there. A tough woman, a tough human. A true patriot, guys, because we understand what Jenna Griswold did was illegal, 100%, guys. We know for a fact that she is totally, totally guilty, not just of violating state laws in Colorado, but federal laws. And I would even put that in the basket of treason. But some people would think that that's, you know, kind of strong. Anyways. This article comes from, uh, let's see, this article comes from Colorado Public Radio, okay? And this article talks about how she was arrested. So let's see what kind of per, per, uh, political persecution Tina Peters has been under since after Mike Glendale's cyber symposium, since after she was raided, her and her, um, her, count, her uh, office aide. It says, Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters charged with obstructing an officer. You know, you know, I just got to say one last thing before I get on with this article. When I'm sharing this kind of news, I'm not just sharing it to share. I'm sharing it in the hopes that people will take action and do something with it. OK, so when I feel like I'm the only one who's sharing this information, I kind of feel like people just want to share news to like kind of, you know, rile up the troops and cheerlead and stuff. But they're not really sharing things that will move people into action. OK, I'm sharing stories with you guys. that I feel you can do take action on They're actionable stories. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say. It's nothing personal towards anybody. All right. I don't watch other uh, you know, shows to make those comments. But I know that not many people are sharing stories like this. So it's nothing personal. Anyways, okay. So Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters charged with obstructing an officer. It says, uh, the Mesa County District Attorney's Office charged the county's Republican clerk and recorder, Tina Peters, with obstructing an officer, a misdemeanor, after she resisted the Grand Junction Police's efforts to help the DA's office search her iPad. Peters turned herself into authorities Thursday morning and immediately posted a $500 bail. According to the Mesa County Sheriff's Office, she was released with orders to appear in court at a later date. The Sheriff's Office said Peters was also charged with obstructing government operations. This all began when the District Attorney's Office was seeking evidence of whether Peters recorded a criminal court proceeding earlier this week against courtroom rules and then lied to the judge about it. 
Peters was at a bagel shop in downtown Grand Junction on Tuesday when investigators from the district attorney's office arrived with a warrant to search her iPad. According to an arrest warrant released by the Grand Junction police Wednesday, Peters refused to hand it over and was actively resisting officers. Video from a witness shared by Nine News shows Peters trying to pull away from officers as they restrain her arms and shouting, let go of me repeatedly at police. It hurts. Let go of me. Give me my keys. She then appeared to kick at the officer who responded, do not kick. Do you understand? After more shouting and back and forth, Peters was eventually led outside. The affidavit states that Peters continued to resist officers as she was led out of the shop and at one point was just going limp and attempting to crumple to the sidewalk. Peters was handcuffed and an officer asked her to sit in the back of the patrol vehicle. Once inside the patrol vehicle and out of view of the multiple people recording this interaction on cell phones, the, uh, the suspect calmed down immediately. The officer who composed the affidavit wrote that Peters asked if I knew what I was doing and then stated that I was assisting United States Attorney General Merrick Garland. The affidavit also said the district attorney's office had enough evidence to charge her with tampering with evidence, a felony, but used their discretion not to do so. Peter's legal defense fund, which was started to defend which was started to defend her in the election investigation, released a statement accusing officers of provoking the situation by going beyond the bounds of their warrant. The officers took custody of the iPad, but they also handcuffed Peters and wrestled her car keys away from her, it claims. The warrant did not allow the officers to search Clerk Peters' car after the iPad was taken, which Clerk Peters clearly stated. The statement said Peters was left with bruises and injuries from the officers' treatment, which it characterized as manhandling. Grand Junction police dispute that assertion that the keys were taken in order to search Peters' car. They said she had the keys in her hand as they were trying to take her into custody, and officers took them away as a standard procedure. When we realized that they were not returned to her when she released from she was released from our custody we contacted her and her attorneys so we could make arrangements to return them to her the department said in a statement this week's incident started with the alleged courtroom recording and is separate from the ongoing investigation into tina peter's role in an election security breach in her office for which a grand jury is currently considering potential criminal charges in the election security case, Peters is accused of allowing an unauthorized person to make copies of sensitive voting machine hard drives. Information from the voting machines and secure passwords were later shared with election conspiracy theorists online. She's t they're talking about Mike Lindell, the cyber symposium, and they're talking about, uh, what is the, that name of that guy? The Watson dude? The Watson dude with his dad that looks real funny? You know who I'm talking about, right? Like the Watson dude? I don't remember his name. That Watson dude. That's who they're talking about right here. Anyways, she is maintained. She has every right to investigate election fraud. And even as Peters was sitting in the back of the patrol car this week, she brought the topic up. She continued talking about something pertaining to the election as I closed the patrol car, wrote the officer. But this was indiscernible as she was almost whispering once in the car. Ugh. 
just the reading of this just the reading of this just gives me it just ugh, it just makes me feel like it just makes me feel oh it makes me feel oh ladies and gentlemen it makes me feel oh because you know that they sent them after her you know that Jenna Griswold or the state of Colorado or whoever sent the police after her. You know, they probably notified the press before they arrested her. You know, they had some random person who works for them on the streets fill out an affidavit. It's a total bamboozlement and it's a miscarriage of justice and it is a waste of taxpayer dollar and it is a violation against the sovereignty of a citizen in their state and in this country. It's disgusting, ladies and gentlemen. It's disgusting. I don't know who made this. I don't know who made this, but uh, Jenna Griswold, Tina Peters is coming for you. Because <laughs> I believe Tina Peters is going to succeed. In my heart and in my soul, I believe this woman is going to succeed. Ladies and gentlemen, as I said, it was announced Tina Peters is running for Secretary of State of Colorado. This is from the disgusting Denver Post. Republican Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters, allow, uh, Peters announces run for Colorado Secretary of State. It says, Republican Mesa County Clerk and Recorder Tina Peters announced she's running for Colorado Secretary of State this year while she continues to be subject on ongoing of ongoing federal, local, and state investigations. The clerk and recorder who has embraced 2020 election conspiracy theories. You see the way that the media, do you see, I told you, pay attention to how the media is painting this, okay? Local media is as poisonous and propaganda written as the legacy national media, ladies and gentlemen. So pay attention because not only are we shining the light on the media that needs to go at a national level, we're also shining the light on the local level. We know how corrupt and perverted the Arizona state local media is. We're learning how corrupt and perverted the Colorado uh, state local media is. And might I add, the San Antonio, Texas media is pretty corrupt and perverted also. So let's finish with this. Just pay attention to what they say. Look at the language. Look at how they write up on her. They're telling you she's running for secretary of state, but they're making sure that if you live in Colorado, that you're not going to vote for her. Okay. It says the clerk and recorder who has embraced 2020 election conspiracy theories made the announcement Monday on the online podcast War Room hosted by Steve Bannon, the former advisor to President Donald Trump, who is facing criminal contempt of Congress charges by a federal grand jury. Peters, who Bannon referred to as a hero, is seeking to unseat incumbent Democrat Secretary of State Jenna Griswold. Tina says, I want to keep elections local. I want to fight against the Biden and the radical left to take over our vote. And I am the wall between your vote and nationalized elections. She said that better than Chip Roy of Texas could said it. Chip Roy of Texas thinks that uh, elections should go to the federal government. That piece of crap. Anyways, Peter said that on Bannon's show. 
Peters is vying for the state's top election position amid a grand jury investigation into allegations of election equipment tampering and official misconduct in Mesa County that launched last month. She is also facing multiple ethics and campaign finance violations and was barred by a Mesa County District Court judge from overseeing the 2021 election. The Secretary of State filed another lawsuit hoping to prevent Peters from overseeing the 2022 election after Peters refused to repudiate a statement she made about Dominion voting machines and agree to additional election security protocols. The Mesa County clerk was also arrested last week on allegations of obstruction while officers attempted to execute a search warrant for an iPad that belonged to her. She is under investigation for a possible felony attempt to influence a public servant for allegedly recording or attempting to record a court hearing against a judge's order. In a written statement from her campaign, Griswold called Peters unfit to serve as Secretary of State and said she was a danger to Colorado elections. Colorado needs a Secretary of State who will uphold the will of the people, not one who embraces conspiracies and risks Coloradans' right to vote. Demon child, Empress Vampire Soros loincloth Griswold said. Peters had initially announced at a news conference on the same day as the grand jury announcement that she was running for re-election as Mesa County Clerk and Recorder and the position she was elected to in 2018. She cannot run for both positions but had not filed paperwork for the Secretary of State candidacy as of Monday morning, according to the Secretary of State's office. She joins three other Republicans in the June 28th. Do you hear that, Colorado? June 28, 2022 is your primary election. You better vote for Tina Peters. Anyways, it says the June 28th primary for Secretary of State, including former Jefferson County clerk and recorder Pam Anderson, who has rejected lies about the 2020 election. So in other words, what they're saying is if you're not going to vote for Jenna, you're going to vote for Pam Anderson. And guess what? Low information and low IQ voters are going to think that they're talking about Pamela Anderson from Baywatch. I guarantee it. The other two candidates are Mike O'Donnell, who has questioned the security of Dominion voting machines and asserted that non-citizens are registering to vote in elections. So don't vote for him. And David Whiney, or Winnie, who has called for a comprehensive forensic audit for all 2020 elections in Colorado. So, people of Colorado, you need to vote for Pam Anderson, because not only does she have huge bazonkers, she also rejects the lies about the 2020 election. Okay. All right. Well, I told you the Denver Post is a piece of trash, ladies and gentlemen. It says across the county, or sorry, across the country, 2020 election deniers are campaigning for secretaries of state, positions that previously did not garner the attention or money they have in the 2022 midterms. And apparently, if you're a content creator, you have to have the green light to talk about this stuff. Bannon said on his show that Colorado may not be a battleground state yet, but it should be.
Elections Integrity Fellow David Levine of the German Marshall Fund's Alliance for Securing Democracy said Peter's decision to run for Secretary of State is the latest example of the sad fact that today we have many people seeking to become the chief elections officer who would not be able to tell a free and fair election from a rigged one. Well, you can just screw off, Dave Levine. I don't even want to read what the rest he has to say. Okay, it says the Colorado Republican Party support has already been consolidated around Pamela Anderson, and it's unlikely that Peters will make it out of the GOP primary. People of Colorado, you don't want someone named Pamela Anderson in your Republican Party representing you for Secretary of State, do you? It says, uh, let alone the general election and the said Republican political strategist Ryan Lynch. Okay. The rest of the last two paragraphs go on to knock Tina Peters with Anderson's bazooms. You can rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, Jenna Griswold is not happy that Tina Peters has decided to run for Secretary of State. This is going to be absolutely deadly to Jenna Griswold. As Ash in America said, Jenna Griswold is messing with the wrong woman. Let's check out the interview with Steve Bannon on Steve Bannon's War Room with Tina Peters. And uh, we will wrap the show for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate you more than you will ever know. Let's see what you got to say. I uh, have a duty and a responsibility. I don't know what it's doing. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Responsibility to stand for truth and justice and the people's vote. Um, my son was a Navy SEAL, as many of you know, and he died serving our country. Um, and he had a saying that uh, every day you don't quit, you win. So I want you and, and your listeners to know that I won't quit because truth matters. And I won't quit standing against corruption and standing against uh, massive government overreach. And um, I'm standing against nationalized elections and this one-party rule in our state and federal government. You know, I, I just saw where uh, just two days ago the Biden administration urged the court not to release uh the secret report on Dominion voting machines. And I looked back at Professor J. Alex Halderman when he testified in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee on Secure Elections, and that was in 2017, Steve. And he said, um, he gave his recommendations, and they still won't release this report, which is critical to our elections. And he said back then in 2017, with leadership across the aisle, and action in partnership with the states, our elections can be well protected in time for, listen to this, the 2018 and the 2020. Well, obviously, they didn't release his report, and obviously things get, keep getting covered up. So what I'm, I'm putting out there is Colorado needs a secretary of state who will put people over political theater and prioritize them over politics. And Colorado deserves the Secretary of State who will stand up 
to the Biden administration that wants to run our country into the ground with nationalized elections. And Steve, that's why today I'm announcing I'm running for Colorado Secretary of State. Want to restore trust, put an end to government overreach in our election process. Weaponizing our elections and targeting political opponents has no place in Colorado. We need to get back to honoring our Colorado Constitution, honoring our state legislature to craft laws through the representative government by and for the people. And that's why on Valentine's Day, I just want to say I love the people. That's why I'm doing this. I mean, there's so many reasons in the natural that physically and every other way um, that it would not make sense for a person like me at my age and and all that to run for a, an office like this. But you know what? As your next Secretary of State, I will strengthen checks and balances by following the Colorado Constitution and restoring public trust. I am so excited that I will put an end to reckless emergency rulings. The present Secretary of State, she just, she, she just, it's like the Queen. She just puts down edicts, and that has got to stop. There is no emergency. The only emergency is the one that she and others have created with this government overreach and corruption in the office of the Secretary of State. I will work for the people of Colorado. I love the people of Colorado. I have no ties to any special interest because every day we put Colorado first and we don't quit. We win. So I just want to say I want to keep elections local. I want to fight against the Biden and the radical left to take over our vote. And I am the wall between your vote and nationalized elections. They are coming after me because I'm standing in their way of truth, transparency, and election held closest to the people. And uh, we need to restore the truth in elections. And, and one more thing I would say, Steve, to the people, this is not Democrats against Republicans or vice versa. This is protecting each person's vote, regardless of party leadership. And Professor J. Alex Halderman, as a matter of fact, is a Democrat. So it's not Democrat or Republican here. This is for the truth to come out, and that's why I'm running for Secretary of State. People have to realize it was the Democrats actually got Halderman there because they're so freaked out after Trump's victory. They were they were worried about 18 and 20. And, and by the way, Mark Elias and those guys weaponize us. That's a topic for a different day. The news yeah. here. And here's why this is so important. This is someone that should, after being a gold star mother, having her son sacrifice, give his life for his country. And, and, and you know, and she's younger than me, but at her age. Right. Uh, you know, this is the time you can retire. You can spend time. You can spend time with family. You can for everything you've sacrificed your country. You're, you're like in, in the Roman uh, in the Roman myth of the Roman story of Cincinnati. You, you came back from the plow to save your country. Tina Peters is an American hero. OK, she's already an American hero and she's coming back when she could take the easy route out. It's like why Trump ran in 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 in, uh, in, in 2016. Trump didn't need to do that. These are heroes. They have so much other stuff they could do, and they've said, our country's on the line right here, and I'm prepared to sacrifice everything. They've tried to throw Tina Peters in jail repeatedly, and they're going to continue to try to throw Tina Peters in jail. Okay? This is not the last of this. They're coming after Tina Peters because they understand they can't have a gold star mother 
step up and represent the people. Tina Peters is one of the most targeted individuals, not just in this nation, in this world, as you fight this globalist uh, apparatus. That's right. This is not Republican and Democrat. Those are old, old handles that don't mean anything anymore. And we're going to get to that with Steve Cortez in the second hour of this. Tina, I understand everything's not ready. This is uh, kind of your quick announcement. It's going to be more formal. You have a website. But how do people follow you? How do they get to know you? Because this is going to be a national campaign. The Of all the bad Secretary of States and Katie Hobbs and what's going on in Michigan, in Colorado may be the worst. Not a battleground state yet, but, but should be. And, and Colorado is the worst because Tina Peters laid it out. The, the Secretary of State there is on MSNBC. It's like the queen in her court. She kind of comes down and makes these assertions and makes these proclamations. And MSNBC just sits there and goes and gives you the Hosanna chorus. So, Tina Peters, how do people get to you? Right. Um, this The committee to elect Tina Peters, and uh, right now I have a P.O. box up. That's P.O. box 128. That's Grand Junction, Colorado, 81502. We're looking to have the uh, website up later today, uh, Tina Peters for Colorado. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just it, it more is going to be coming out. And I appreciate you, Steve, for, for getting the word out. We've got to we've we've got just a few months to okay. write this ship. Um, otherwise, the, we're, you know, it, we're in we're going to get on it and, and we're going to get on yeah. all your stuff. So people get to you. The post office box is great, but we are going to enter the 21st century sometime this afternoon with the website <laughs> and all the traditional stuff. Tina Peters, she's going to do it the old fashioned way. Ma'am, it's an honor to know you. It's an honor to have you on the show. And it is an honor for the people in Colorado to have someone like you step up here and stand in the breach. I just want to tell you, everybody's uh, amazingly supportive of this and couldn't be more excited. All right. I don't know what you guys got to think about that, but that's pretty badass, huh? I think that's badass. That's why I had to share this story with you guys um tina peters guys now uh, this is one of her websites here this is it guys we're done okay we're done with tonight's show thank you all for hanging out with us tonight i appreciate your attendance i appreciate your spirit and uh 35 bucks for five hours ain't half bad ladies and gentlemen but uh let's see here uh we got uh, tina peters website Stand with Peters, a defense fund. Now, this is not her official campaign website, but this is just one that's going to help her with her legal funds. We've covered her issue. I mean, you guys saw everything that she did, everything that she's been through, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't think I need to explain or even read through this. But I would say here, it does share with us that Tina is the epitome of the American patriot. She's a cancer survivor and a gold star mom whose 27-year-old son was a brave Navy SEAL for nine years, serving many tours in Iraq and Afghanistan before his tragic death in 2017. An accomplished businesswoman, she decided to run for county clerk in 2017 to, be, to bring competent, honest, and conservative values to government. Tina is committed to transparency and honest elections. Those who are against her are afraid that Tina's pursuit of good government and transparency could expose some ugly truths. Colorado's Secretary of State even has gone as far to try to outlaw election audits. Tina's loyalty is to the citizens of her county, many of whom are demanding answers. Tina Peters is running for Secretary of State of Colorado, and I stand behind any America First any 
any any secretary of state who wants free and fair elections, I, we have free elections. We have free elections. They're almost too free, ladies and gentlemen. They're almost too free. I stand for anyone that wants secure and fair elections. And we are seeing that this is a tide that is rising. Because just like we've said, the secretary of state office in the states where they actually elect them is becoming square one. It's becoming the central issue. It's becoming a nerve point, ladies and gentlemen, that we need to focus on like nothing before. Because we ain't going to secure our republic if we don't have our elections under control. And if we have progressive communist sympathizers like Jenna Griswold, like Jocelyn Benson, like Bradford Raffensperger, like Katie Hobbs running our elections in our state, like Scott Scott John Scott in Texas, like 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 Rhino Abbott has his little Jose Esparza, Deputy Secretary of State, who's the real Secretary of State of Texas, might I say. Joe Esparza is the real Secretary of State of Texas. Not any of these five uh, you know, placeholders that he's put into office since he's been there. Ladies and gentlemen, we will never get our country back. Okay, we will never save the republic. Our elections are the most sacred thing, ladies and gentlemen. I would contend that they are more sacred than our first and second amendment because without our vote, we don't have a first and second amendment. All right. And that's where we're going to wrap tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for hanging out on the 250. Oh, wait. Jenna Griswold. Is like shit. <laughs> shit. Damn it. Tina Peters is coming for me. <laughs> That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for hanging out on our 250th anniversary episode. If uh, you guys are hanging out in the audience there, I most definitely appreciate you. I know we've been on for about five hours, uh, which is uh, a little bit longer than we normally do here at the Sea Report. But hey, I just had an itch to be with you guys today, and I'm glad that you guys were hanging out in turn. If you're live with us on Twitch, if you're live with us on Rumble or Clout Hub, thank you guys for being here with us. You can always catch the replays anytime you'd like. If you're uh, hanging out with us on the podcast, which will load up very shortly onto the podcast this episode, thank you so much for being here with us. And of course, to my family and friends over at the foxhole.app and over at pill.net. It has been a pleasure as always, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for the gold pill donations. And, uh, you know, we've had, we have 53, 54 live viewers right now. We've had just about 200 live viewers throughout the entire five hours we've beyond. If you can't toss me a cookie, you can at least pass on the link, ladies and gentlemen. I keep saying the most, the best thing you can do is share this show. If you can't toss a cookie, you can at least click a few buttons and share the link to the C Report, thecreport.com. Send them over to pill.net to follow my account. Send them over to the foxhole.app to get the word out because I need to grow this operation. I don't know how much longer I can be here if I can't sustain it financially. And if I can't get a cookie out of you guys in five hours, I can't sustain the show. Okay? So at least share the link, please, ladies and gentlemen, particularly to my Foxhole family. Share the link. 
get the word out. If you think what I'm saying has some merit, if you think the stories that I share with you in my perspective has some merit, please share the link at least if you can't toss a cookie. To everyone else, railing on, speaking easy, WC Crane Op, to all of my usual viewers, I appreciate you more than you know. To everyone who's stopping in and to all you lurkers, you guys, I love you too. But we, I take gluten-free too, Java. Trust me, gluten-free is good. <laughs> well, actually, that is questionable. Oh, before I forget, guys, We'll be back tomorrow with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Durr. So we'll be back tomorrow. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West will be with us here live on the Sea Report. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to tune in and uh, don't tune out, but do let people know, especially if you're Texas kin, that we will be live with the Colonel. We will also be having a uh, uh, Mr. C in the Dark. Uh, we will also have Java joining us this weekend. Uh, we're going to get into some fun stuff, guys. So we'll have a good Mr. C in the Dark episode. Uh, we'll be doing Mr. C in the Dark probably Friday and Saturday for sure. We will have Lone Star News coming at you guys on Saturday and Sunday. We will have uh, we will have District 20 of Texas candidate Kyle Sinclair live with us on Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time for an in-person interview, so we can get to know the man who is a uh, he's the he's the president of one of the top three hospitals here in San Antonio, and he's running on the Republican ticket against Joaquin Castro in San Antonio. You don't want to miss that interview either, folks. That's what we got going on this weekend. We hope to see you guys tomorrow most definitely until then ladies and gentlemen as always please be safe be blessed and god bless america we will see you tomorrow have a great night folks and thank you once again